I think Bubs is super infatuated with the idea of you in particular having a cat. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. What and kind of cat person that? are you? Do you buy like all the things for the cat? Does it have a cute collar? What's its name? Dude, I bought everything. Yeah. I bought like uh, Jeff. Jeff hooked me up Jeff? with all the stuff. Yeah. Is that the cat's name? <laughs> no, that's Jeff Bezos. Oh my god. Uh, oh, Amazon. Oh, oh, oh your jokes, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are like these are totally the Trump's obscure like, dad jokes that like my dad would have told of like where you're like what the f- oh it's some like really somewhere like, out there someone out there is laughing at it. <laughs> yeah, is what we're saying. Welcome to May We Geek Again, uh, a podcast covering, at this point, mainly the 100 that we've covered some other things in the past. Uh, my name is Joe. Uh, I am joined by my co-host today, uh, Shaheen. Hi. And Bubs. Hi. I, we're just never going to use your real name. I hope that's all right. You know, I'm good with um, that. <laughs> yeah, no, cool. Um, find us. She has well, a stage you, name. You, oh, exactly. Like... Someday your biography will uncover your real name. Oh, God. Um, I guess if you're listening to this, you've already found us in some other way, possibly on Podbean or iTunes. We will soon be on SoundCloud, um, but you may also come yell at us on Twitter uh, at May We Geek Again. Um, and we're usually lurking around the uh, 100 subreddit on, on Reddit. Uh, so, you know, you can call us out there or we'll show up or I don't know. I don't know if we're like Beetlejuice or something. Um, <laughs> anywho, uh, today we're actually going to be talking about uh, the first four, ep- uh, f- sorry, first three episodes of you season four. You scared me for a second. Uh, I was like, I only I know, watched three. I know. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I was looking at some of your notes, Bose. I was like, did she watch the whole season? But <laughs> well, I'm not. like, it's like impossible since we're not doing like no spoilers, right? No, right, no, no, no. We're talking okay, about cool. the whole season. Yeah. So I like, I did bring in things from like other episodes. Yeah, that's yay. That's perfect. Um, we are only talking about the first three episodes of season four, and we're kind of in. We're going to start our rewatch uh, leading up to the season premiere of season five, uh, all the way towards the end of April, which is super cool. Um, But before we get into that, um, we were actually going to, Bubs and I were going to give a little bit of a recap of the Unity Days uh, convention uh, in Vancouver that happened, what, like a couple, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Uh, Yes. Um, I am so pissed Uh, I wasn't in that. Us too. Like it was a weird, magical experience. It was crazy. Um, Yeah. It was much bigger than last year. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, like talk to talk to us about like the difference uh, the differences I guess um, between this year and last year since I wasn't um, there last year. I thought there was great energy last year, but compared to this year, it doesn't seem like a lot of energy. It was just kind of I would say like three times bigger. Um, and holy shit, yeah. Um, the one thing I will say is because it was smaller last year, it was easier to like get your autographs and photos, et cetera, and still like make it to yeah. all the panels. Like it felt like there was more panels, even though I'm not even sure if that's true. I think maybe I just stood in line more this year. So like the, the <laughs> okay. ratio of like being in a panel versus being in line for something was a little bit skewed. Um, the popularity. Exactly. But I mean, it was the same where like you're running into people that you've talk to online that you're like oh i'm like i'm bubbles of love and someone's like oh you're bubbles of love i'm rainbow unicorn like so it's interesting to like actually meet 
people and they're actually real humans in real life. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I can concur with that. Right. Um, and so the difference is, yeah, that was it basically. Oh, prop people were here this year, which made it like, so, I, there's just like a lot of energy. Like people are really, I think like last year people were still reeling with what happened with season three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this year, uh, I think there's just more energy and like open excitement about season five. I, yeah, I mean, I definitely like caught that vibe and like, to, yeah, I, I agree. Like while it was crazy to like, it was awesome that sort of you could feel like the cast really wanted to be there mm-hmm. and that like some people were booked at the last minute or showed up even though they weren't like even supposed to be there. Um, Tati and the, Murphy came Tati, and were not slotted to come at all. Murphy, they just wanted to be with us. Rich, <laughs> yeah, just wanted to hang out. Um, but but the props room was oh like my God. really, really, really super cool. Oh um, my God. Like, for anyone, like we won't go into too much of it, but like there's there should be a, a post by uh, Capital Chick on uh, on on Reddit. Well, I, I created the post, but she like had this huge like great rundown in it. We'll link to um, it on Reddit. We'll link to it. Yeah, we'll link to yeah. it. Uh, and so yeah, I'll make a note to do that. Um, but yeah, amazing stuff with the props crew. Uh, if they do Unity Days three, which they're saying that they're not, but um, oh come there on, was they're going to pressure. <laughs> Yeah, they have to. to. Um, Somehow we will we will get you across the border, Shaheen. um, And you will experience the cold, gross, like the cold, gross weather majesty of Vancouver. um, But at the same time, such good food and such fun. (laughs) You talking Um, like identity theft? Yes. No, no, (laughs) smuggling you in the trunk of a car. Oh, okay. Yeah. So get ready. Get limber. All right, uh, let's actually get into uh, the episodes that we're going to be covering today, if, unless anyone has anything. Oh, right, we have, like, blogs and stuff. I'm sorry, I did a bad <laughs> job. Does anyone want to say anything? Um, I do want to say one last thing about the prop room, just because, like, oh. yes, the prop people were so cool and, like, were so happy to talk. Like, this is their work. They, like, work really hard on it, so they were so excited to talk about it. So that part was just, like, so cool. And I've never been starstruck by, like, a thing. Like, so I would say, surprisingly, yeah. what I was most starstruck by was Lincoln's journal. Like, seeing it in person, I was like, oh, my huh. God, that's the journal from the book, like, from the movie uh, or show. I cannot talk right now. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's all I wanted to say. It was just really, really, really cool. Raven's, Raven's space Raven's suit was also suit, amazing. the list, like, everything was there. Like, Lexa drawing. Were you able to touch this stuff? No. Uh, no, like, I'm sure some people snuck some touches in there, but, like, you, you were pretty, you know – they weren't guarding them, but like it was kind of a very you know, people you were touch polite. Kind of. People were polite about not yeah. touching stuff. Um, but like the so like the journal, the artist um, op- showed us all the pages, and it's cool because you can see on some of the pages where he was practicing because he didn't do season one; he did season three. I don't know if he did season two. I can't remember now. So he had to learn the style of like the first season artist. So you see, there's like pages on season. He came on in season two. Is that what he said? Wait, sorry, what? His journal or his no, journal existed since season one. Yeah, but it was the artist who did season one was like um, a contracted artist and no longer is working on the show. So the artist had to like take that style and like emulate it so that there was continuity oh, with oh, the book. Wow. So like <laughs> that's what like you get to see like his sketches, which was very cool, like as he was learning the style. And he was, he was also the one who drew uh, Lex's yeah. – or. Clark's drawing of Lexa. Yep. Um, and it was there. So it like, was very, he, very cool. 
he's he was a super super nice guy like talking to him and like he actually works uh or worked did some work on supergirl uh and so like he was super game to like huh super uh <laughs> game to talk about that i'm so sorry um, <laughs> no you're not <laughs> <laughs> ouch sad trombone from Shadi. like that's like <laughs> rock fucking bottom um but yeah so the prop prop dude was 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 super cool um yeah uh, Shaheen, do you have anything like that you want to talk I about besides there, your cat? So fuck you guys for. But you guys are going to Conquetta in June. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aaron Ginsburg is going to yes. be there. Like that is so cool. Like I'm really going to try to go. Oh yeah, the writers, uh, Aaron Ginsburg, and who else? Um, yeah, it was somebody else. I can't remember now. Um, another writer, another writer, uh, which I feel bad about not looking. Wait, up who's his name it's, right now, maybe it's the guy be... he always writes with because he always writes with the partner. Um, oh yeah, I, I'm so embarrassed Shit. that I don't know the partners. <laughs> Aaron's just more active on Twitter, okay? Yeah. Um, anyway, so Ooh, like, Wade we'll, McIntyre. We'll Con- I don't know yes, where I just pulled. That they'll up. both be there. They'll both be there uh, at Congetta in in June uh, in in LA. Um, I'm I'm more meant. How is your blog going, Shaheen? Oh, I haven't I haven't written anything in it. Um, I kind of. Once I got off Facebook, you know, I kind of stopped writing the blog too. Which is okay. kind of odd because they're really they're not really related, but I don't know. Well, you got a lot you got a lot of cat things yeah. going on in your life. Right yeah. Now. It takes up a lot of time. <laughs> I mean, I feel um, like everyone has a fixed amount of social points and you have to like be judicious with how you use them. Exactly. And yeah. cats. A lot of lot yep. of points. And cats. Um, <laughs> Do you guys want to start talking about the episodes? Yes. But if you want to read my posts, uh, <laughs> at freefloatingperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks for reading. And comment and, you know, share. Yeah. All right, let's See? do the thing. Let's do the thing. All right. Um, thing. So the episodes that we're going to be covering here, uh, 401 is Echoes, uh, written by J- Jason Rothenberg, which, by the way, like hearing some stories about him, like at Unity Days, like really trying to interact with fans, like so um, much FOMO like, about not can, actually being able to go. <laughs> yeah. Like he had to cancel his appearance because of post-production work or whatever. And like you like he 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 was doing reconnaissance the whole time yeah. of like being like so what so what's going on what's going on um, yeah anyway so that was just kind of cool uh, four oh two heavy lies the crown by Justine Yule Gilmer uh, four oh three the four horsemen um, Heidi Cole McAdams uh, those are all the writers let's get into like overall takes uh, do you guys care who goes first. Do you guys have a preference? Is anyone chomping at the bit so excited to talk about it? <laughs> um, I feel like my overall notes are like less concrete than everyone else, so I can go really fast. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. So first of all, when I was rewatching, I don't know how no, maybe I did notice this at some point and then forgot about it. But when Bellamy says, I could use a break from keeping you alive, watching it now is like, oh my God, because what did we end and like they're separated? Um, and now they have six years of a break for Bellamy not to have yeah. to like save Clark anymore. <laughs> um, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, like, that was like a morbid off foreshadowing. It. That's yeah, and well, like piggybacking off of that, like super quick, and then like the first like ten minutes of four hundred one, yeah. let alone the whole episode, they tell you every single fucking thing, like that where we're gonna end up. Like it was a very Ooh, go like, through your list. Then it that, was that works. 
Yeah. No, 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 no. Go, go, you go yours. Um, okay. But then go back to that. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay, So I definitely also, I had a really hard time with season four. Um, it's not my favorite, but like when I say it's not my favorite, like with the shows that I've liked, like it's still like much better than like all the other shows that I've liked, except for the X-Files. Um, not the new X-Files, sadly. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so season four, um, I think I was kind of confused with, like, where some of the characters were going, and that was very frustrating um, watching for the first time. And so now that I know kind of, like, how things progress, like, it is more clear on this rewatch um, in terms of, like, Clark's positioning, because, like, one of the things I really struggled with in season three was she was so isolated for her fr- from her friends. So to get to season four and having that continue was really difficult but now that I see like the parts of the leadership story and I think that like there are other things where um, Clark emotionally closes down on purpose for certain reasons so it's like it all kind of falls more into place and it's less me like throwing shit because I don't get what's going on (laughs) um and then the other thing was the part that it does still still fail at is um the character moments and when I was re-watching I was like there are like they are interacting, but why is it not working? And as we get through like all three of these episodes, like to me, it's like very clear that the reason why it's not working is we have these great scenes where um, Raven is arguing with Clark about what they need to do. Um, but for example, with that, like they just keep butting heads and it all makes sense like what they're saying to each other based on what their position is. But you don't have that moment of breakthrough where they're like, yes, this sucks. This is so hard. And like, I'm here for you. Like some kind of like thing to pull them back. It's all business. It's all business. So you don't feel like the cohesive group as much. And like the scenes that do work, I think I wrote down a few. Um, I mean, I think Bellamy and Clark are good examples that they still have each other's back. Like for example, um, at the end of 402, like Claire, uh, Claire, Clark obviously disagrees with what he does. And she's very direct about like, what um his blowing up that thing means um but she's still like they still stand together together at the end so you feel like the contrast of like disagreement there's still unity and so i actually have a theory about why yeah these character moments may not be working what's your theory but um well that's kind of what what my overall take was gonna touch okay on. so i'll wait um but so yeah so what else? It was, I mean, that was like most of it. There's like no resolution to these scenes. And when it works, it really works. You know, um, for example, Murphy and Raven in, what is that episode? 408? 411? 408. Um, that scene like works so well. So when they do nail these scenes, they nail them harder than Clark nails Grounder Ladies. So, like, that's kind of, ah. like, it's kind of such a shame that we don't get more of it. Because they know how to do it. Like, Monty ah. and Murphy in the last scene. Like, sigh. <laughs> that was, that was, that was nice. Like, I I hope, like, I don't know whether I want that to be off the cuff or for you have thought about that. But, like, remembered it, like, for me personally. Like, both, I... <laughs> I, don't tell me, don't tell me the origin of that. But like, I like the, the, the because I don't know both possibilities exist. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, was that, do you have I more? I think that's my main like overall for Shaheen's... now. Okay. Shaheen, did you want to talk a little bit more about, about you why you first. think that they fit? I don't know. Oh, for um, sake. Because 
Yeah, because like, uh, well, mine kind of relates to to the thing that Bob's just said, but uh, it might also be long. So, okay. Well, I mean, so so things that I that I that I kind of enjoyed, um, and I and I don't like. I didn't watch any more ahead or anything like that. Um, and I just you know already mentioning the 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 sort of foreshadowing that happens, but I liked also the callbacks, like go forward, mm-hmm. go back, like and one that like really stuck out to me, and like this is kind of sort of a great like example of it. Maybe we can talk about it later or whatever. Um, Cause it was always one of my favorite lines in season two um, where Abby tells Kane um, they're being led by a child, uh, you know, talking about mm-hmm. Lexa and Kane was like, so are we, cause this was, um, yep. you know, after Clark stormed off to, to go talk with Lexa or whatever. And you, you might know, be the chancellor, the but I'm in charge. Exactly. <laughs> that, that fucking great so teenage good. angst moment. Um, but then in this episode, uh, when Clark and Bellamy like go back to, they, they just left to go back to Arcadia. Um, uh, Kane says to Abby, the youth have inherited the earth and Abby says, and they have six months to save it. So it's just like, A, they're like kind of flipping, you know, the order that they're, that they're each speaking in, but also sort of their, um, attitude towards the situation and towards these, you know, these kids who are no longer kids. Um, and you know, to just be like you know, what the fuck we can't, you know, these, these fucking children can't save us or anything like that. And then by, you know, this season it's the kids are in charge and like, they've, they've, you know, we trust them, you know, we got to trust them to, to pull us through once again. Um, so anyway, I, I really, I really liked that sort of parallel, um, line that they, that they had. And also there was just a lot of sex in the first few episodes. Um, like, <laughs> what, what's okay. there's so two. What are, there's Monty. I mean, Considering Montana how much Harper. not sex, like, okay, so like in the first three episodes, there are two instances of sex, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that's, you know, two thirds. Um, <laughs> we don't get, this is not a two third show. I'm not watching Outlander. Um, so anyway, that's, those are, those are my overall. I feel things. like, I mean, still compared to season one, it's not, it's not that much. We are sorely I mean, lacking were... a threesome on this show. I, it's been misrepresented. <laughs> right? And Bellamy's. Bellamy's threesome does not count. I think it counts. No. He was on the ground for like two seconds and he set that up like super fast. You have to respect that. I know, but we had no... Here's the thing. We had no investment in him at that, that point. Was point. Like, and, and obviously those two girls were, for lack of a better term, like red oh, shirts. Yeah. And so, like, can you imagine an invested threesome now? Wasn't one of them Harper? No, it was Roma and Brie, who we see again in season four. She's the one who's like, come dance with me, Bellamy. Oh, I thought it was just because she looked like no, Clark, but I guess it turns out both. that they have history. Because she only appeared in that one scene and then came back for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, anywho, uh, so Shaheen, tell us about <laughs> tell us about your... Your theories on why Bubs is so dissatisfied. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Bubs mentioned something about how um, when the characters are together, um, there's not a clear um, sort of chemistry between them or um, what the relationship is. Um, it's it's mostly just they have a plan to carry out or mm-hmm. something. And uh, I, I had a similar sense, and I think that it's because – too much shit has happened to them. Mm-hmm. And so let me explain what I mean by that. So um, on the one hand, the story of the hundred is, is the story of leadership and moral dilemmas and, you know, 
dirty hand scenarios. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, in this broader uh, narrative framework of a post-apocalyptic survival show, and those are all endless ideas. Like you can talk about moral dilemmas all you want. You can talk about post-apocalypse all you want. So that's that part of it is, is endless. But on the other hand, like any other story, the plot and the characters have necessary limitations. Um, so, for example, the uh, the characters, uh, you, you're always kind of limited in how um, far you can take your characters and how many things can happen to them because, you know, their, their response to it should be believable and reasonable. And if they're a central character... You probably don't want him to swing too widely to the sides. You want him to be centered morally and temperamentally for the story to work because the story revolves around them and the the audience has to root for them. So someone like Clark or Bellamy, they, they should stay uh, relatively stable and, and, you know, centered morally. And, and this and is why we like freak the fuck out in season three with Bellamy joining exactly. and like... Yeah. Yeah, and and you see what happens when a, when a, when they risk when they uh, take risks with a central character. They which made I mistakes admire. with I, how I, they I, did it. They made the mistakes with how they did it. So it's, it's not like so much what he did; it's that they cut that scene right. and they like jumped in how we were showing grounders. Like before, it was like we got peaks at grounders, but we weren't supposed to be on their side yet. But I think that they just did it too fast. I feel like Bellamy should have mm -hmm. done the thing and then we flip and then we see the grounder side and then you feel the tragedy of it, but you're not like blindsided by the tragedy of it in which, and then you like don't understand where uh -huh. Bellamy is coming from. And like, I went into like 305 where Bellamy and Clark fight. I was so mad at him. So, so mad at him. Mm -hmm. The second he like gives his perspective and I remember all that he's been through and what he has not seen. I was like, Oh, holy fuck. And like, and Clark left him and is now with Lexa, the person who left them at the mountain and made them do the bad thing that she ran away for because she couldn't stay. But now she's with Lexa who did. And I was just like, oh my God, fuck you, Clark. <laughs> and like, you get Clark's perspective because like you, you're seeing like what she's going through. You you're seeing what's, what's going on with her and Polis and everything. And like, you get it. But then you see it from Bellamy's perspective. Of course he's angry. Like, it's so shitty of his friend. You know, it's like he doesn't get it. Like, he doesn't understand what else is going on. Um, and so that's where they kind of, they were a little bit too subtle in that respect. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't want to deny that there were other issues with the way it was done, especially how it was rushed and everything. But I also think there is, on top of everything else, there's an element of, you know, just taking a central character... Mm -hmm too far and and again i admire that courage from the writers and from jason Agreed. but uh th this is what happens you, you see the outcome like a lot of people don't it's too jarring for a lot of people um again granting all the other issues that that mm -hmm. existed with it. um and so that's just one example you know but in general uh, and then you have other characters that can go crazy and do all kinds of uh really interesting stuff but uh, they're they're also limited because you can't then really once they've become one thing you can't really easily bring them back to be other things and you know maybe we're we're seeing this a little bit with with Jaha or with Murphy where you know they're kind of stuck in in what they are and and their role might kind of uh, run out at some point or it's, they it's, it may not be clear where they would fit in the story so. 
for somehow uh, as time goes on, the story kind of uh, plays itself out and it becomes difficult to keep mm-hmm. it going. And that's why I think that every story has these, you know, built-in limitations, uh, which is, you know, kind of, I mean, uh, we love the show. We don't want it to end, but uh, I, I wanted to talk about like, what do you think the limitations are? And do you think that, ha- um, you know, we still have a lot of room to go uh, with this I story? Mean, I feel like, I feel like that was probably the purpose, at least partially of the six year mm-hmm. time jump. And that, that will at least give you sort of play, like be able to play in an adjacent pond. You know, like you Uh can still get through these, you know, sort of stories and stuff, but you're right. Like you do kind of run out of things, especially when in theory, like, unless they hadn't introduced the, um, Allegius crew that, that, you know, okay, we're going to kill everyone off. Now we have even fewer people, um, from which to sort of draw the story. And this has always been about like ever expanding worlds, um, in the world building. So like, I do think that like, whether or not. It, it it helps like keep it going. I think that that's what the six year time jump will do. It, it'll help it keep it going. It won't necessarily mean that there's an entire like other six seasons of material mm-hmm. in that. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that it, it opens it up for, you know, addressing, you know, part of that concern. Like it, it, it pushes the reset button. But not even reset though. Like, like, does that mean like we like, get to start anywhere we want and like that we can erase their history now? I don't think so. Uh, no. Or... No, I don't no, think not so. at all. Yeah. No, what do you mean erase it? Well, like if Bellamy comes down from, from the arc now in season five and it starts acting, you know, completely differently from what we know him to be, um, can we just say, well, it's been six years, it's changed. Um, no, or I think do the, we still expect continuity with his this previous This is something character? I'm actually really worried about. And so at Unity Days and at other things that I watched um, online with Bob at different cons, he expressed early on that he was really, he's trying to wrap his head around season five Bellamy. And so the second he said that, I was like, oh, fuck. Because like that was kind of what he was saying about season three. Um. But he said at the end yes. of that, though, that by the end of it, he, like, this was the best, ver- like, by the end of the season, this was actually the best yeah, version of Bellamy. It means that we're going to go so, through, like, like, a whole season. Of, you're going to flail and, yeah, and, and it's just angry. like I don't know. Sometimes I don't know if that's enough of a payout to, like, have to deal with this character that you don't really recognize. And for plot reason, it, it makes sense at the end. But he does seem happy and he does seem to think that like it makes sense at the end. Um, and I hope that's true. I hope that it it's not like fatigue of having to like figure out who this character is and we don't have enough to go off of because we've missed six years. We're going to get flashbacks, but how many flashbacks are they really going to do? It's right. It can't be that many. <laughs> and I think that like I also heard that um, they had to shoot a bunch of things out of the order. And what I, I'm guessing that is, is, you know, Bellamy has facial hair now. How are they supposed to do flashbacks at the beginning when he didn't have facial hair? Like how long did it take for like a half Asian man to grow facial hair? You know, like three years? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> there's some say they're still filming still waiting um, <laughs> hate so, crime yeah i don't i don't know um 
I don't know. I, I'm worried about it, but like I'm I'm hopeful that they do it well. Okay. I think I think yeah. Like obviously I don't want them to just be like feel like they have carte blanche like when they're like, "Well, 6 years is a, you know, full reset. We can do everything." Like I know that I'm expecting that there will have to be some amount of mystery. Like it's mm-hmm. not because it is not going to be an entirely flashback season. Like I'm I'm understanding that I have to I will have to be a little bit forgiving in mm-hmm. sort of where they ended up because I'm sure that it's the explanation is going to be lean, but as long as I'm not being told it in real time, I, I mind those jumps less because I'm like, okay, like six years is a really mm-hmm. goddamn long time. Like they're showing us salient details, like that hopefully will be enough to sort of point us in the direction mm-hmm. that the character ended up going. But the issue of course, with like season three into some respects, season four, um, they kind of are like, cool. So we're in real time, but we're also not going to tell you anything. And you're like, well, yeah, like I, somebody's pissed at somebody and something happened 15 minutes ago and you, and you're never going to tell me what that was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so I, I'm 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 going into it with the with the knowledge that I will probably have to be somewhat forgiving, but hopefully not like yeah. Just and I, I think like that's why I wish we got more like character growth and resolution in terms of the dynamics this season because now we're jumping six years in the future and it's like it would have felt more to build you know what it they now have done? and then jump like you know um, you know you know what they should have done hmm. like now. They should have done like oh a web God. series of flashbacks, like how Battlestar Galactica yes, used to like do. A, where like, like a space station, you know what I'm like, like mini... little 10 minute episodes. Oh my God. Isn't that how we found out that Gata was gay? But wait, 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 wait. So it would have been like real world. You know, they have the confessional. <laughs> do, do you remember as soon as they said it was a six yes. year time jump, I started tweeting out from May We Geek that, Again that this was like real world said. space? <laughs> oh my God. Why didn't they do oh that? Oh my God. That would have been so much fun, right, Shaheen? Sorry, I didn't follow that. <laughs> Did you I never watch? I can just wa- see like the first episode. Like, no, you guys referenced a bunch of it's things. It's mostly that I real world, and then you didn't see Battlestar Galactica. You would have oh, the. Have yeah. you not yelled at you? You would have the yeah. biggest boner for that. Have you or have you not seen it? He's seen it. Oh, okay. I okay. have seen Battlestar Galactica, of course. Yeah. yeah. There's what like about a web it? series. Yeah. I actually didn't see the web series, Joe. Oh, the yeah, okay. Yeah. Where it was like ten minute episodes, like every couple of weeks. Yeah, or whatever. I but just think that like the hundred could have done. There is that. no content in it. Like, there's not much happening in there. But it gives you like they're like little yeah. vignettes of character. It's work. Just like living under Cylon rule sucks. <laughs> and you wouldn't have. You wouldn't and have. Like, okay, watched it. We honestly all would have watched it so hard. First episode is I Echo know. and the Confessional. She's like, right. I think everybody hates me. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> um jesus christ okay uh let's are you ready to did you have anything else shaheen or can we move Um, on to the storylines all right cool um let's move i guess since we start in polis let's uh let's let's start in polis um bubs what were your what do you kind of notice about about Um, the polis storyline let me look at my notes um Things that off the top of my head, I love that we get that. Um, I love it, and I don't know. I have conflicted feelings about them, but partially, really good feelings about Octavia getting smuggled in um, to where Roan is and like just slaying everybody in that room because it reminds me of that moment in Mount Weather in season two 
where she's in the hallway and she like runs at that guy and she throws her axe and then she like slide right. tackles him. like it's just so good and she did it like, she did like another slide but this time it's two people and then like the whole like throwing that spear thing through the other guy's head it was very exciting i enjoyed it at the same time i'm like well this bitch learned things real fast yeah no the the hand waving okay of that kind of waving like, my competency hand. is it's okay waving my me. hand so i have a question about that okay what's was, your question uh, clark's whole plan of surrendering and then saving uh ron's life and all that did that all depend on Octavia being yeah. a ninja bitch? Heavily, like, did, yes. Did that whole plan depend on like she yes. being able to do those? Well, I think like, that they highly improbable things. I think they things. thought she was going to no, subdue no, people. No, no, I think it involved her killing. I think them. that because because Abby came in and was like, <gasps> and and Clark was kind of like, ah, yeah. Maybe they didn't anyway. <laughs> maybe they expected like. Maybe Octavia to like hit them over the head and they're unconscious. <laughs> no, these dudes are dead. <laughs> I did love that look though from Abby. Like, and I remember, I remember it like talking about it on the last time that we talked about this episode, like while we were mm-hmm. watching it during the season. And like just the look on Abby's face of being like, oh fuck. Like, like that moment that like I wonder if some parents who like end up raising like really like like they find their kids like dead animal collection that, of like, you know. Yeah. And you just have a moment where you're like, oh shit. Oh, oh shit. And I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. That definitely. Yeah, and it, and again, like look at this, look at this giving us so giving away where Octavia ends up by the end of the by like the end of the story. Um, she is continual badass warrior, but at the same time, like we did get a little bit of her sort of like unification message, which she didn't have yeah. kind of going into. I don't it. know how we flipped from. Well, I guess it was like okay, it was the whole being reminded of um, Lincoln, maybe. <laughs> But yeah, she got dark really fast. Oh no, she was dark glassy. So what are we talking about? Um, it was in line with where things yeah, were going. She's always. Do you do you have feelings on on Octavia at all, Shaheen? Well, I was wondering if you know what happened to her character. If like has Octavia's character been reduced to Sky Murder, or do we think that she still has um, depth? I mean, I guess we're gonna have to find that out. And I'm really five. curious as to how that plays out, based on what we heard at Unity Days and. I guess Octavia gets dark. Like, gets gets dark. Um, so after season four, like, what does that mean? Like, she was already like a yeah. little bit. So terrible. she's supposed to get darker than she already is. Kind of the way that they talked about the bunker, they're like, "This was fucking horrible." To like, like even filming it, they did not like to be like in that set. Like mm-hmm. it was super claustrophobic uh-huh. and like, and so. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I guess she's going to go quite a bit darker. Huh. I did like, and this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but um, in sort of the storyline, but uh, when Octavia went to go see the, was it the Trishana crew ambassador or was he just a shit stir? I guess, no, uh, it was the ambassador. because the then, ambassador, cause then, yeah. Yeah, because then Echo ran in and told Roan about it. Um, it totally, and he's eating and like it was totally a mirror of when Clark like mm-hmm. walked in to see Nia. Right. Um, Naya. Uh, I feel like this episode, while it told a lot in the future that we're going to see by the end of the season, it also like did so many callbacks. Um, yeah. Except, except this time, uh, you know, Octavia was successful in her. In well, her I actually, intent. I do not remember where I saw yeah. this, but it like made me think of that scene because um, I did not Google something. I swear, but it said like as a girl, strength wise, mm-hmm. like the easiest way to kill someone is through the ear. 
And I was like, Octavia. <laughs> I was like, look at that like research. Like they actually like did something believable with her in terms of like killing someone easily. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, the unbelievable part of it is that she could target that quickly and accurately. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot. Maybe she like, there's a lot that you have and to And then also kinda, like you know. the grounder doctor. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> this is something I, some like, you don't have to have modern that. medicine to, to figure out, like, look into the guy's ears. Yeah. If you're doing, mm-hmm. like, autopsy, figure out why he died. Well, but they don't have, like, a ear, like, there's, there's... ear light thing like a GP has. Well, just I mean... shine, like, some lantern into his ears and look into <laughs> like it. His spirit was ready to go, Shaheed. <laughs> Um, what did you what did you have written down here speaking of spirits uh, for the city of light Shaheen oh yeah um, so I've always said that um, I was disappointed by the way the show treated the city of light um, you guys mm-hmm. are familiar with that yes <laughs> um, and you know primarily because towards the end of season three I mean I thought the city of light was a fascinating idea um, and could open a lot of discussion uh, about a lot of interesting things and it, and it did but towards the end of season three uh they just turned it into this completely unreasonable unjustified one-dimensional thing ha. Uh, yeah and, and they they could still say that you know this was something that had to be ended but you could still discuss some of the interesting aspects of it or or the more complex layers of it and they could have done that ending season three the way that they did, they could still have done that in season four with the aftermath of the City of Light. And yet the, the aftermath of the City of Light is to me as disappointing as the, as the second half of season three because you, get, you still, again, get that one-dimensional characterization of the City of Light. Um, we kind of talked about how, um, you know, there could be lots of different groups of people in season four, you know, when we were mm-hmm. doing the predictions, uh, we were asking what kinds of people um, are there going to be among the people who are unchipped or who just, I mean, who just came out of the city of light. And, you know, we talked about how there could be some people who are mad that they were uh, given the chip in the first place, that they were chipped and controlled by Ali. And, uh, you know, maybe some of them will be mad at Sky Crew and Clark. Some of them maybe will be grateful to Clark for ending it. And then there might be people who are mad that the City of Light ended to begin with because because they, they got their pain back. I mean, even Jasper wasn't really upset. It seemed like he, he also thought that this was the right thing to do. And, you know, and then we talked about how like people uh, could, some people I thought that this would have been an interesting idea. Some people like Grounders and Sky Crew could have, uh, they could have shown some people who now have a new perspective because now they think that a, uh, peaceful society is possible because they've experienced something like it. They've experienced living together in peace. Uh, so now they don't want to fight anymore. So maybe they go off and they want to start their own thing. Um, so, so it's like the limited, like we had all of these possibilities of how people could have reacted and we got very limited. The only type of, of person we got was it. people who were mad that they were chipped and that, and they were mad at Sky Crew for it. So it was the only time. The, no one had any other you know, interpretation I Jasper, on I do think Jasper was Light. upset about it because he tries to kill himself when he comes out of the City of Light. But was that guilt? 
No, I don't think so. For I know. His, like, I don't think so at all. I think it was well, it like, seems like he was sadness he came went back, back and all the pain that he was carrying. Right, but he didn't seem upset about it. It just seemed like he went back well, to because, when he was... Well, because, like, so many bad... How could he be upset he if so many bad things chip. did actually happen? If I think, like, if he didn't have that to go off of, like, watching Luna be well, I mean, waterboarded, Raven... um, seeing that girl that he was friends with get, like, killed because of the chip, you know, those things... I think if those mm-hmm. things hadn't happened, he would have genuinely been upset to be taken out of the City of Light. Um, but because he had those memories and he no longer had those parts of his brain turned off, he... He's conflicted. He would prefer to go back, but he can't say that he's upset knowing what happened as a result. So he would go back personally, accepting like that sh- that he would quote unquote die in there, basically, because um, you know he didn't at that point when he was going to kill himself know like what exactly th- was was happening in there, um, the purpose of it. Um, but he knows that it wasn't good for everyone else. Um, so he understands that he can't get what he wants. Like the, the, the greater good in this case is to not, to not be chipped, yeah. even though he would personally prefer. I mean, yeah, I mean, but still like it's, it's it, one guy and, you know, maybe a, a handful of others, but, but I do agree with Shaheen in that, like, especially with the grounders, more, yeah. it was like, all they had was mm-hmm. one sort of one note. Yeah. And, and it's not like there's only two, like people who are happy and people who are sad, um, hmm. that you could have lots of different perspectives on the city of light because like I said it was um, it was multiple things it wasn't it wasn't just one thing I mean the chip did several things at the same time it numbed your pain it altered your memories uh, it gave you a, a copy of your consciousness um, that you could have in this virtual reality it also gave them some sort of a hive mind uh, some sort of unity of consciousness. These are all very different And they different should have appreciated aspects. it more? And, and they should have... They should well, have no, I mean, these well. are all different aspects. You can talk about whether they're good or bad, right? So you don't necessarily have, like, a one-dimensional view. You can have, uh, you know, people could appreciate different parts or hate other parts. I mean, the main part that uh, was added on top of all of this that made it definitely a bad thing was, that, was the coercion part, was that Ali was controlling people uh you could have everything i listed without without controlling people and so like i i I agree with what you're saying that this thing needs to exist but like or or that it's unsatisfying that it didn't exist but like at the same time like when the fuck would this have happened this season like there was we were already complained about how quickly they moved through everything else like they really didn't have time like i understand why they didn't is is i guess what i'm saying like i understand that it is from your perspective that is unsatisfying but also that like that's not a story that they could have like told you mean they didn't have time to show all the different people who were affected by it in different ways. Yeah. I mean, like we had Ilian, we had a whole thing with Ilian and we saw his backstory and everything to understand why he, he, he is the way he is. We could have had, it's not mutually exclusive. We could have had another character who had a whole other perspective. Uh, but we only paid know. attention to Ilian. We needed him like, to blow up the arc. Because, yeah, like that's the, we only needed to know that he was mad about it. Right. But you also, I don't know, like, I, I agree. Like, I totally get, like, why you have dissatisfaction about it. Um, but I, like, fully understand why they didn't show it, I guess, maybe. Mm. Um, I, I mean, if know. you think Not- about any other villain or, you know, the sort of quote-unquote bad guy on this show, like Mount Weather, even the Reapers, um, we always saw different layers of them and complexities. And we always had 
hesitation or reservation about treating them as just pure eliminable, right? Like something that's mm-hmm. just pure evil and has to be eliminated. Um, even with the Reapers, we realize that there is, you know, deep inside them, there is still humanity or something. But yeah, this was the only villain on the show that was like unequivocally, unequivocally just not a good thing. And it just had to be gotten well, but rid of. Right. on the arc? <laughs> so, yeah. Because didn't it like... I, that's that's what I want there to. I I kind of want Allie to be up there because she would actually help them. Do you like think her is mission, it possible she'll come back for season five, or would, we would have known know, by because now? Because it got set there. Ah, I feel like we would have known either that or like if somehow Allie got onto like they like they. What if they just got Erica Sarah to do the voice? And like she like was able to like get onto the Elegious main mainframe, and somehow mm-hmm. like that is like a future storyline. Like I could be into that, <laughs> um, but I kind of hope that she's up on the arc because I mean her her mission is still to like help humanity, and so she's probably mm-hmm. would be pretty useful to to space crew. Yeah, like she's not evil. Yeah, I don't know. That would anyway, be cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. And then, and yeah, well, uh, Rain of my parade. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just looking through my notes and like all like all of my notes are like callbacks because there were so many of them. Yeah. Um. And then like, like general the questions after Which the cabbie sex. Uh, well, from, there was like a whole Raven? thing with the necklace. Yeah, the cabbie necklace issue. Mm. I like that. Um. Yeah. I mean, I like anything Jake related. That's so. Like, <laughs> I love how much you love. I do too, Jake. though. Like, I wish, like, maybe, just, um, maybe next season Clark can, can have like a delirious, like, radiation Jake dream, like she did in um, Day Trip. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I got lost. Got lost in the notes. Um. Question: Did you guys notice the 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 eldest son of Naya oh. line? Mm-hmm. Shania? Do, is it Naya or Nia? Shania. <laughs> <laughs> the Ice I Queen. Um, does that mean that Rowan yeah. has other brothers or sisters? I did sisters? not catch that, but like maybe they're the ones that are like, terrible is, and have slaves. <laughs> oh, maybe. Maybe it's like a disgruntled younger sibling or something that we just don't get to know. Well, we know that he was banished. I guess maybe they left that thread for maybe a future thing. Maybe? Maybe? Like... I have, I have, I just have some questions. Like they're just, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, is there anything like we have like a lot more about Polis to talk about? Like, does anyone have anything like specifically that they want to um, bring wait, up again? More things about Polis? Yeah. Um, or, I, just I mean, one or we can thing. move on to Arcadia. I got all angry when Echo is like, nobody wants war. And this is why everyone hates Sky Crew. I was like, excuse you? Like, yeah, sure. Nobody wants war. But when you're like power hungry and like. You're not like no one's just gonna hand it over to you. So then you start a war. Like so, I was just kind of like, um, okay. And then like the whole thing. This is. I mean, Echo. Yeah, and then her whole thing like this is why everyone hates Sky Crew. <laughs> like, why do you think that happened? Like when you came to Bellamy in season three, Bellamy's like, we can trust her. And next thing he knows, like the mountain is blown up, and he thinks it's his fault for um, for trusting a grounder. And then like the army gets killed. So it's just like, oh my god, can you. Can I just request that for every one of these rewatch podcasts that come up that you do prepare like a <laughs> that like is an my Echo, Echo rant? rant. <laughs> <laughs> like just one. You know, yeah, Echo no, is but- kind of like 
like that character who's just like the reason everything goes wrong and and they're completely oblivious to it. You know, she's like Walter and uh the Big Lebowski. Or Kramer and whereas, like um, everything Seinfeld. that goes wrong is his fault. Yeah, and he's always like feels like other people owe them yeah. something. <laughs> well, my that's, rant also that's is that's like her. she says, Well, it was my orders. I'm like Bitch, how did Nia know that you knew Bellamy and had, like, an in? You freaking told her. Like, if you didn't want to, like, do that, you would have just been like, well, I don't know anything. Well, actually, like, her saving Bellamy well, but, but not Bellamy's girlfriend. There. there weren't even – like, she took uh, all the kinda... warriors out or the worst, the, the security, and blew up, like, civilians. Why not, like, stage, like, a fire alarm and, like, get everyone out and then blow up the mountain if it's about the mountain? Like, you know? Um, and the other – there's, like, one more thing – no, I'm just saying, I, I think that part of it might have had some, there might have been some personal interest involved in that part. Oh, oh Becco. It, it, yeah. it was set up in fucking season three. Shit. Yeah. Shit, sorry. I don't think groundwork. That, <laughs> I don't think she was completely neutral in doing that because she's like, sorry, I couldn't save the are girl. I'm like, are you? Are you? Um, wait, there's one more thing. Why? Oh, the other thing was like when she's going to kill um, Clark and Abby for saving Roan um, or that whole scene. And I was like, you have these people by the balls. Your whole issue with Mount Weather was that they had more technology than you. And now you have this group that has technology and they're like, they're, you're basically holding knives with them. Why don't you, instead of like using like Riley and like Farm Station to do manual labor, uh, why don't you have these people like do technology shit for you? Like, I just like, there was like such a weird thing to just like kill them all when they could like provide them with quote unquote power by giving them technology. I mean, but this gets into into Shaheen's uh like superstitious bullshit of like them being anti like you know grounders what? in general if they would being anti-technology anti-gun to have like a little like hey grounders like I know that you believe this thing but like listen what happened <laughs> because we know you know then you don't have you can aliens like oh so like Ali's taken care of that was what season three is about got it so we're cool we're cool cool <laughs> um yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, what do you think happens if you go to like uh, Christians and be like, okay, guys, I know you believe this thing happened. But, but it's bullshit. But here, let me tell you what actually happened. But this isn't like, this is like work? 90 years of like lost. They still like know enough that there was like a land before with like things. Hold on, hold on here. This actually gets into my well actually a little bit early, but like it's relevant to like three other things that we've mentioned today. So like... As you guys, as Shaheen said, like that, that grounder healers are, are garbage and like yet, and I know that like a lot of these weapons and stuff are like from found objects, but at the same time, there are a lot of goddamn swords and knives, like actual like forged blades. Mm. Who, how many like blacksmiths were there in the future living around like the Virginia the DC area? <laughs> how many of those survived? How many of those then passed along their craft? Like at this point, like I'm just kind of like the stuff that that we're expected to believe sort of survived in like the cultural consciousness versus the stuff that didn't. I'm just kind of like how <laughs> presumably there were more doctors that survived. Like, yeah, it when, kind of feels like they're they're just kind of then blacksmiths figure gave out up like, on like how to make weapons 
more easily than you can figure out how to manufacture antibiotics. I mean, but never mind. But like stuffing dirty rags into into open wounds, like surely germ theory would have like <laughs> yeah survived. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, this is becoming like nitpick crew. Wait. Um, but yeah, what's uh, up with Echo all Hat the grammar feels, shit? Why did she like, leave Bellamy and Mount their, Weather to uh, begin with in season two? <laughs> She's playing hard to get. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Like, don't want to look too thirsty. Like she's, she's, you know, she's a cat. You can't, can't be too, too aggressive and whatnot. You don't um, call back like right the next day. You gotta be, gotta be chill about you it. You gotta make him want it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I was, like, that's because Rowan, character. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Roan, like, like what is up with the grounders loyalty? Just being based on this all this superstitious crap, like, the, like there's no way to get their loyalty other than like the killing some or like totem, like it, some totem has to be presented, like the flame or one hit as head or something, <laughs> some like object has to be presented to them for them to be loyal to the king. It's like, dude, just fucking follow the king, just forget it. It's okay. It's a contract. It's a social contract. It's it's not a metaphysical she wants to go thing. Into the it's future. A, and go out and be like, so listen, I know you guys just got out of the city of light. Things are terrible. But remember your social contract. Okay. <laughs> like, this, this, all of this society, all of this killing, all of this, all of these farmers markets in Polis. Yeah. This doesn't Death happen will be with the anarchy. End if you do not <laughs> follow your leader. Honestly. Um, but at the same time, I actually really enjoyed uh, the sort of, they had some really good lines in this that I really didn't notice in the first time through, like, cause I think I was just kind of focused on what's going to happen, not the sort of nuances of it. Um, but, uh, when I think Rowan was talking, uh, to, to Octavia and he says, uh, one kill to prevent thousands. It's good politics was that with Octavia mm-hmm. or, or, or echo. I think it was Octavia. Like, cause yeah. he went to go ask Rowan her. Rowan said this be. about Octavia. Yeah. Mur- you know, doing some, some murdery shit. Um, like, uh, uh, and that's the exact decision that, that Bellamy was like, you know, I have to save who I can today. Like, it's complete fucking opposite. And just kind of, I like those little, like, little uh, juxtapositions I know, that I didn't actually, notice the first one. time around. Yeah. Right? Like, that was a good one. And then, uh, um, I also, okay, sorry, one more callback, because there were just so many. So, <laughs> many. so uh, when Clark was being delivered to the throne room. And it was a complete callback to uh, season three when she was also delivered to the, cr- cr- uh, excuse me, throne room. Right, um, with Lexa. And, and it was, uh, and I believe that Rowan said the exact same thing, Juan Hedda as requested or something to that effect, which is what Echo said, you know, when, when she brought, when she brought Clark up there or whatever. Um, I just, I just, when, and you know, and then the burlap sack gets pulled off. Like, again, I just, you know, they, they, they had a good time, I think, like being like, oh, and then we can have this happen and it'll be just like in this season. Um, like, I wonder if they have a notebook with like everything they, and they, they just like go back bit. and cross it off. Okay, good. We brought that back. Now, next thing. <laughs> right? There like call like back a season bingo. where I remember that they posted things on Instagram where there was like, you get this dollar if you work this into the scene. So I wonder if they still do that. Oh, right? Really? And that's how that we have the scene in season three where um, what's his uh, Raven pseudo daddy um, oh, Sinclair? I get um, oh, obviously oh, Sinclair. He says that you have to reverse the polarity with something that was on the board, um, and somebody worked in. So I thought that was cool. Oh, right. That's adorable. That sounds so much fun. 
Um, do we want to move on to Arcadia, or does anyone have other? other did things? you guys buy the flame flame destru- destruction fake? Out? I did. I was like, oh, oh no. my god! I, mean, I don't want to go on Twitter. Like, I was like, there's like a panic for a moment. Yeah. I I kind of. I thought that like 20% they might have done it, but no, I kind of like assumed that like some sort of, cause they like focused on uh, her necklace at a different point. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, I kind of remembered that at the same time. And then, yeah, knowing that like, oh yeah, God. if they had just like straight up, like smashed the flame, uh, the Twitter would have like exploded. That was like my PTS3. Like, yeah, yeah. That was so. my only reason. Like I totally bought right? it, but I also thought like this was, uh the the only reason this can't be real is because of like the presentation like i thought if if lexa was going to be destroyed it would have been a lot more it would have been a bigger moment in the story and would have been a lot more glorious and like dramatic and you know whatever and so they kind of just moved on so i was like uh probably something's going on (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah. Like, like they're not going to have some rando that like, obviously like we kind of knew that because we got a backstory and a flashback with him that like he was going to be, you know, more into the season or whatever, like a more important character, but like to still just have like the new guy, like yeah, kill probably one of the most controversial like representations oh in the God. whole fucking show. Like let's not, yeah. um, let's talk about Arcadia. If that's, if that's amenable to people. Um, Oh Jesus. Why do I have so many goddamn notes? Um, talk to me about these end of sex simulations, Shaheen. Dude, what's up with like, I mean, it's the 21st <laughs> century and, you know, there's obviously like movies that simulate the whole sex and it looks good. Um, you know, the actors aren't having sex really, but the, the it looks like sex kind of. But then like there are all these shows that like don't want to show the sex, but they want to show broadcast the, television, the end of it. Yeah. So yeah, they want to like, show like they can't show the whole thing. <laughs> but that's not how sex fucking ends. Like they, it doesn't end with you being on top of the other person Is panting, there not enough crying, panting, and then being like, "Oh, it done. doesn't." That's not how it ends. Like, well, they can't like let them just like probably hang out there for a while, like because. <laughs> You know, children are watching and they're like, Mom, why are they still hugging? And you're like, Why are their front butts touching? You shouldn't be watching this. I'm a terrible parent. <laughs> I don't know. Is this your so, complaint or maybe am I am I misunderstanding? You you want well, them to hug each other and be tender maybe for Maybe they're being I don't... tender for a long time and we're just getting to the part where they're like, Okay, this is getting awkward. Please like move away. <laughs> <laughs> My arm's asleep. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't okay. know. It looks like like uh, it was just like I don't know. It's that's not that's not how sex sex ends. Sex ed from um, Shaheen. Let me, just, uh, let me just make a note. That's <laughs> not how sex ends. So how sex ends. <laughs> All right. Cool. Moving on. Um, should we talk about Bellamy and Clark and sort of the list and like? Should we go chronologically? Like, because there's sort of like the fix it contingency, and then there's the uh, Jasper contingency. We should jump to Bellamy's contingency. And then backtrack to the rest of Arcadia. Okay. Let's Um, do it. Oh my God. Solid. So, you got some um, shit to say? Well, if we do Bellamy's choice, then we'll take a break, probably. Yeah. 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 We'll take a break after that. So, the first time around, I had a really hard time with this episode. And I still had a hard time with this episode. Like, the choices that were made, I very much struggle with. Um, Just because I I feel that 
the squad went. They had to get this thing in order to save 500 people. And they traded that to save how many slaves in that moment who were now going to die anyways. Um, and the other thing that like drove me crazy, which is, okay, I, it's like kind of a well actually, but I'm just going to jump in, um, was that they get that note, which is what makes them do the thing um, that says, they're going to move us. And I'm like, oh, really? They're going to take you out of this like reinforced steel tank? Great. Then we'll just pick you up when you guys are outside of it. And then we don't have to blow it up. You know, like go home, take the water acclimator, come back the next day and save everybody. Like, why wasn't that an option? (laughs) And so like, there's so many levels of it. Well, I thought the whole point of it was that they said, they said that we're going to go back and talk to Roan, and if that doesn't work, they, well, they then we'll come done and that. free them by force. They had a radio in Polis. But, radi- well, no, if, not if they, they moved them, because the then they day. wouldn't know where they're going. They had a radio in the rover. Like, it's like, they could have literally like they just took, camped like, the out nearby and to like, the radio and been like, Roan has were like, them? a message for you. And then Roan would have been like, oh, yeah, let the people go. We're doing this whole, like, whatever... I, I like your your Zach McGowan uh, impression. <laughs> well, thank you. Or like take take one of them hostage or something. Take the guy who is in I charge, mean, take him hostage or something. I don't know. <sighs> I mean, this, did, this is some of these choices. Is a dramatic a bitch is what it, I'm saying. Like them deciding to blow it up. Like, well, so here's my up. question it's not, though: it's not. Why is it this Bellamy's choice? It was. It, no. it was a vote. He was the tiebreaker, two, right? most well-known character on the, in that group. Is it because he the order in I which the that, votes were taken does that matter? The fact that he was the last one, or is it like a Supreme Court type of thing where he's like Justice Kennedy or something? Is like he's the one. The, he was the only one that who that, who could possibly I, uh, change his vote. Kind of. I think so that, that's I think why he, he gets, gets blamed, blamed for it. because at that point he knows what the score is, so he's actually like so you can say like what you what you think and like you know that it's a group of people so like whatever the consent you know so versus he knew that like his vote was like the tiebreaker not that it matters it's still like it is still everyone casts their vote everyone has like an yeah yeah i mean even after he voted like uh harper could have said all right i changed my mind or Um, uh brian you know so yeah but i think i think it's also because like Bellamy also ends up being the one to tell Clark and like Ugh. he is the most senior person there like and no and yes it was a democratic sort of vote situation like his vote not, didn't necessarily count more but the fact was that like he is in a position of leadership and so it's sort of like you know it adds he feels it more, adds more even though it yeah. was like a democratic decision um and like I mean <laughs> when he says like um we save who or what did he he says like um you wanted me to leave them behind or something like you wanted me to kill them and um and clark says you did kill people because like now they don't they can't save 400 people versus they let go they um rescued i still can't remember 20 people eight people um yeah well so, so there are two elements to this right one element of proximity this- <laughs> well, one element of it is that uh, the the choice of preferring people who were there to like the broader 
uh, greater Mm -hmm. good or whatever. And then the other element of it is uh, that, you know, now uh, even those people that you saved are going to die. So that second element has to do with thinking that there is no other choice. Now, if if you think about it, um, that second one is basically the same thing as Clark did when he when when she pulled the switch when she uh, when she killed the City of Light because she thought we'll figure something out and at that mm-hmm. point you know the smartest AI in the world had told her there is no other thing to do um, and but she thought no we'll figure something out and well, so but also to her it wasn't living so Bellamy could have said the same thing that you know well we think there's no other choice but we'll figure something i mean how is this different from when you when when you ended the city of light right i Um, agree with what you're saying but it's like i think the difference is it's such a complicated problem and like the equipment that he had it's not like they can just rebuild it like as good as raven is it's sophisticated space technology and they don't have like a room with a bunch you know it's just like it's it's too big of a problem to to not take that kind of um, chance. And so for me, it was always going to be the wrong decision. And if if proximity changes your um, decision, then I think that's the wrong decision. Well, so that's the first element of it. Now, we've talked about this before. This is the issue of partialism, partial mm-hmm. and impartial morality, right? So um, that's ultimately what it comes down to. This, it's not really different from, say, if you were a... Uh, um, if you knew some code or some secret to something that um, your torturers could have used to like kill a bunch of people or end the world or something, and they're uh, you know torturing your child in front of you, and you decide to give them the code to mm-hmm. save your child, this it's the same thing, right? So the question is, should have should you have thought about it impartially? Forget that that's your child. Just think of it as one unit of life and then ask yourself, is it worth saving this one unit of life um, to sacrifice all those, you know, thousands of other ones? I think it's different um, when it's your child. Like, I think that there is like it's different for you, but it's block. not different for everyone else. No, for else. sure. For sure. Right. But like this situation, it's like it's exactly. not like any of them are their children. Not well, that it's just like it's a similar relationship where, you know, for Brian, I mean, first of all, it's it's his you know, clanmate or whatever um, is from from his group. Did we did we determine whether Brian and Riley were fucking? And, and they're relying uh, on you. They're so. they're thinking you, doing you know, they've been enslaved for forever, and they're Their looking at you hands. like no. you know, are you gonna save but me? But so not? is so, five hundred people back in Arcadia. Say what? Sorry. 500 people back at Arcadia well, are doing the exact say that same to the thing. Mom You're just not being, in front of them. Who's having her child being tortured. I feel like if you can't be like objective, you shouldn't be making the decisions. I agree. But like what it was it even their right to make that decision on but behalf don't we of like all those people? make that decision every day when we decide to take care of people who we know and ignore everyone else. I mean, they yeah, knew but everybody is that back good? in Arcadia. Like does it, I mean it could also just make me a terrible person. Mhm. Like if I, but also like I was actually reading a thing about this. This was like a few months ago. So I'm actually probably not very able to recite it or recount it very well, but it was basically that, that our tribalism is evolutionary, not just like because of, you know, 
we don't want like you don't want to have groups of people that are too big um but that like it it sort of it's sort of a self-preservation in, in the same way that um, mentally, like we mm-hmm. have to forget things, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know how like we can't, you know, you can't remember everything because like otherwise you'd go fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it's basically like we have to sort of corral our empathy to a to a smaller group so that like it There's works. an economy of it. Yeah, exactly. There is there is yeah. sort of finite. I mean, genuine, I made like, this example on the podcast the, when yeah. we talked about partialism before that uh, – you know, if you have a thousand people and if you assume every person has like a thousand units of care, uh, would it be better to have each right. person divide, uh, devote one unit of care to every other person or should they concentrate their care on, on one person they know or a few people they know? Um, and that way everyone still gets cared for, but it will it might be more efficient uh, because, you know, because of the reasons you said, like you, you know about them more and you know, it's just, yeah. And so they're closer to you, you know about them more, all of those reasons. Um, so there's an efficiency argument for being partial. But, I mean, Bob's could still say that, well, this argument only justifies partialism in, um, like, in a normal type of situation. But in a situation like this, where, you know, it's the end of the world and you know exactly what's going to happen uh if you choose if you be if you if you choose to be partial um then it doesn't apply anymore so maybe the efficiency argument justifies why we have the instinct to be partial but it doesn't mean that it's a, it's the right thing to do in every situation so you could say that um the three people who voted for this Brian and Harper and Bellamy they gave into the instinct of partial care, um, which might be justified in general, but in this situation, it was the wrong instinct to have. I think, I think that's fair. I mean, and it's, it's, it's hard to sort of, cause like everything that they tried, like there's sort of like this domino of shitstorm that happened this season. So like we can say, Oh, well, you know, at this point we know that this wouldn't have mattered kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, because they were going to blow up the arc anyway. So like that but doesn't, that doesn't matter. make it the right decision. Like it's still, you're, you're everything you do is like, you're rolling the dice um, and you're, you're giving yourself different odds. Right. So and like, then by saving a- Riley, some bad shit happened. <laughs> like and they lost like the the other 50 seats like um, um yeah. but i mean it's also interesting to me that um this is exactly the decision that abby makes you know when when she's debating raven about the oh, giving, God. <laughs> giving the drug to that child it's exactly the same decision and you know raven is on uh, and i Monty disagree and- with abby's choice too I, Monty and Miller's so side hard. and Abby and, is on Bellamy and, and Harper and Brian's side. Yeah. Um, and, and then, so what's also interesting is the, the quote-unquote impartial uh, choice is also not impartial because even if it's 500 people, there are thousands or I assume we've been told hundreds of thousands of people out there. So you still have to decide which 500 people. And, you know, Clark's list, I mean, that's when, granted, that's when they realize it's only 100 people, but it doesn't matter. You still have to make a list of who gets to live. So even the impartial view 
is not really impartial. It's deeply perspectival. I mean, it comes from Clark's perspective. It's not a universal view at all. Her list is completely fraught with preference and and taste and choice. I mean, she puts Bellamy on there, mm-hmm. whose only trait is to get other people to follow him. He's pretty. Um, and, you know, <laughs> he's, been, he's been implicated in the deaths of many people. Um, and he's worthy and enough he to survive. Too. But I would have loved it when Bellamy, like, went to go put Clark's name on the list if, like, he had, like, drawn, like, a little heart over the eye in, in her last name. <laughs> um, he just put a period at the end of her name, like, Clark, period. Me. <laughs> just dramatic as fuck. Again. He, Bellamy, is, like, the most oh. dramatic on this show. And, like, people might, would think, oh, John Murphy. No, there's a subtlety to John Murphy. John Murphy's um, sassy. Yeah, it, he's it, not it, a dramatic Um Murphy would never storm out of a room and slam a door. He would but tumble Bellamy, down a staircase and be like, "She's coming." <laughs> <laughs> but so Bellamy um, slam, slam the oh door, my God. the whole thing, pout, sulk. Um, it's oh, I like that your note. Riley literally replaces Brian. I love that we just saw like, and none of us knew at the time that we just saw uh, Brian and Miller break up. But like, yeah, I mean, it was like up, though. Brian huh? Miller breakup. Brian, but we didn't uh, even know it was leaves, a breakup. It was like, Brian leaves the frame, and then Riley comes out of the truck. So this like, it get doesn't get more explicit than that. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we didn't know at the time, but um, I liked how they yeah. Did so the was that was that like a political breakup? No, no, no. So. Um, they, it, it like I for me I liked it because to me it, at, the first time I watched it I was like oh that was fast but when they have that first scene before they go get the water reclamator there's already the tension there that's like lingering from season three when Brian says right. like you know he, Miller's like well then why did you help us like take down Pike and he's telling him he's like I did it so that you would survive like he's um. You know, he's already struggling with it, but he, like, does love Miller. But there is, like, even when you love somebody, there's, like, this – if this divide happens, um, it's, it's, like, it's a real conflict. It's Yeah, it's really hard to get past. And so that, like, crack in this episode – or is it the same episode? Maybe it's the same episode. Um, so – and then we have, like, Miller fundamentally – disagreeing with um brian's point of view and it it does make sense that that is what breaks them up and maybe maybe it was ambiguous because it wasn't just like done done there maybe there's things you didn't see like behind the they scenes didn't where process they, you know, as yeah. gays they were supposed to process for a while i don't know <laughs> if gay men process the same way that lesbians process i don't know if they choose hummus or what they're like, maybe it's a cheese plate, but like some reality television and scented candles. <laughs> I don't know. Every, all of your gay men are the same gay man. Yeah, they, I like guess there's so. just the one, the one. Yeah, were you just like formed by the queer one eye gay for, for the prototype? Guy? Yeah, um, but like, well, I apologize is- for my stereotyping. <laughs> yes, you. Yeah, the thing is. Um, the rift between Brian and Miller um, uh, is really all one thing. Like they're all related. Um, but I they're, I they're disagreement on the Pike thing 
is not really separate from their disagreement mm-hmm. on the Riley thing. Um, if you think about it, Brian has always had the same position, which is we take care of ours, mm-hmm. which is also Pike's position, right? We take care of ours. And that's really the ultimate partial partialist standpoint. Um, and Miller is just not from that sort of culture. Um, he's not from farm station. He hasn't had to survive marauders and, and whatever. So um, he doesn't have that we take care of ours mentality. So he doesn't understand Pike. He doesn't understand the, the whole Riley thing. But he and does take care of This just bothers his. Brian. He wants to take he care of 500, that he has not the wrong one. Morals. Like, it's like, it, how is that partialism? Because 500 people are their partials. Like 500 versus Riley. You have one person. Like, so I just like, it's, to me, it's not that it's proximity and it's not, it's like feeling guilt and prioritizing your guilt, um, over while the other person can see you. Well, it's, it's partial towards the people who are near you and, and who, who are relying on you for help. It's the same thing. If, you know, the reason like we give, we're more likely to give money to, uh, to beggars if they actually ask for it, because, um, when someone reaches out to you for help, you're more likely to help them, even though, you know, th- nothing really changed. It's not like you knew, you learned anything that you didn't know. You still know, you knew that they were poor, but, it's awareness. but the fact that they ask, no, I mean, you're seeing them and you see lots, lots of poor people, but we're more likely to give money to the ones that ask. I just don't know how um, that's the same as like knowing that there's 500 people waiting at home who are relying on you to bring back this piece of equipment. And that in blowing that up, not only do you doom them, but these people that you are quote unquote saving are also doomed. Are I mean, also, it's already well, doomed. Like I said, that you have to separate that second part because the second part is debatable. It's it's the same thing right, that they're, they're always faith like, well, that there is going to be another solution. But it's it's like, such yeah, a complicated we'll deal with solution. That later you have to take every chance that you have. You oh, I agree with you, Bob's. I'm just saying, people. Some people choose faith over. Like, and also keep in mind that the the hydro generator was only gonna save Arcadia, and they they were they were looking for a solution that would save everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Which so I, maybe I'm a horrible person, but I was just like that is a really big problem. Let's focus on the 500. Let's see where we get with that. <laughs> like so, maybe I am a terrible person. Well, then that's also partial. So well, it is, but difference? like it's it's kind of like. When you look at the problem, so it, it's triage. You you see that what you can do. And um, in the first brainstorming but, session. Yeah, you can say 500, but why does it have to be Arcadians? Why does it have to be Sky Crew? Sure, sure. I think that um, I think there's there's some like reasons why you could say just Sky Crew and that's you that they can metabolize um, radiation better than grounders can. But I agree that like it would be beneficial to add um to the gene pool so i would say like yes let's bring other people in um but at the same time it's like that's secondary first you like solidify that solution now you have that now you can go on to the next thing like can we save more people like what else can we do um it's one thing at a time it's like one accomplish. it's just you i don't know it's it feels like you have to focus and you have to focus on what you can do and not on what you don't know that you can do. Um, that's like the, the the frosting on the cake. 
if you can get that, that's awesome. Obviously, you want to save <laughs> as many people as you can. But if you brought in like the problem, you might not solve it at all. That's how I feel. It's, it's how you feel. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at this point, like, yes, of course. Like, I, you know, again, I'm, I am on your side on this. Um, but I guess much like Bellamy told Clark, like, this is the choice that I made. Like, you know, he made now, it on behalf of so many people, and that's now, like what I know. Me. I know it was. I don't agree with it, but that was, you know. I'm glad that now, they called it now out. Now we though. have to move on. Yes. And and I appreciate um, that like that's what they show with Bellamy and Clark is that like she doesn't agree with him, but they do have the unity that she's like okay, let's just let's move on. <laughs> um, because what's done I is love done. how pissed Raven was though. Like I love that Raven is I like loved the it. like because it goes Clark is in the middle like in this instance and Raven is on one side and Bellamy is on the other and so you know but it, it changes Raven is a little not bit yeah nudging over to Bellamy's side of the decision at all yeah um, which and I kind of. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it, oh, uh, but I wanted there to be, like, that scene where, like, I don't know, two episodes later, like, Raven sees, like, Bellamy all, like, down and is, like, I still think you're a fucking idiot, but <laughs> you're, you're okay. You know, like, something like... You want character know. moments. And I there, want character there is moments. Not, there is not time for emotions in this like, show. Like, the Ravens a little bit. Like, they got nothing this season. Well, there was, like, one scene at the end. <laughs> Um, do we have anything else for Bellamy's uh, choice or do you guys want to take a little break? We can take a break. Do you think that I was just going to yeah. ask, do you think that if you were Riley, um, you would, you would think through all of this? No, and, and I would be pissed that- as fuck, but I, it's not my choice. Oh, like pissed as fuck if I wasn't saved. But so- Left behind. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd be super pissed. Um, but at the same- would you have thought that that was the right thing for them to do? I don't know I don't think if you would- I could get past it in my own like mortality. Like I don't know yeah. how how facing my own death would affect sort of my um, rationality on the situation. I feel yeah. like I-, I can't speak to that. Yeah, because I, I think oh. I think when your own life is at stake, um, the odds that all other sort of uh, I don't know if I'd be you know, the right Im- impartial morality goes away because like of of sort of like the will to survive. Yeah. Um, but you're not willing to extend that same charity to the to Bellamy and, and Harper? What do you mean? Uh, who, because they're also in a, in a situation. So you're saying Riley wouldn't be able to see this uh, from, from an impartial point of view he because doesn't have a choice. of the situation he is in. He, he doesn't have um, a choice. And, but you... I see... What, what do you mean he doesn't have a choice? Well, he could see it. He could be rational about it and be like... Yeah, I get why they're not saving me. That that's the right thing to do. Um, um, but you're saying it's too hard for him psychologically to to entertain that thought, um, because of the situation that he's in. I mean, I think if it was explained to him, but you could say the same thing about Bellamy. It's uh, or Harper. It's impossible. Especially Harper mentions this. She's like, I've been on that other side of it. Um, so I think that they didn't anticipate this problem. And I think that had they anticipated this problem, if they would have known there would have been a little girl that was going to give Bellamy her little girl eyes, like they would have been like, (laughs) Bellamy can't go, (laughs) you know? So like, I think it, they didn't realize that it would be that situation. And had they realized. But I'm saying you could also say the same thing that, that it's psychologically impossible. If the argument is that it's psychologically impossible for Riley 
to see it the right way, then you could also say it was psychologically impossible for Harper and and does that mean it's Bellamy wrong, and though. Brian? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it's the same thing with the. That's why I made the example. No, that's of the good. Mom it's a good the, point. And like I know, we we talk, I talked about this with um, Capital Chick endlessly because we were on. She was she's totally Bellamy side. She totally gets it. And I just like I struggled to. She's grasp also a better pers- person than we are. She's a much better person than we are. She's a great mom. <laughs> um, so, it, yeah, it's funny that like everyone has an opinion, and like it's very hard for me to say that they're equally valid. <laughs> um, but I'm sure that they are. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I thought that I struggled with. <laughs> well, that. no, I mean, in a, in a way, this is just the the perennial debate between consequence and and duty, con- consequentialism and and deontology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cho- do we judge our actions by purely by the, on the basis of the consequences, or uh, on the basis of uh, intentions, or on the basis of like certain moral laws, I- right? Because like yeah. it, it's not it's not pure consequence either. Uh, I don't want to get into like trolley problems. Like you wouldn't, you you wouldn't like you also wouldn't, uh, you know, take someone's life and and give five of their organs to five people who are dying because that's five versus yeah. one, right? Yeah. Wait, I wouldn't or I would. So you shouldn't. I mean, I think most most people don't think that that's the right thing to do. I although, I mean, a lot of people think that's not the right thing to do. So it's, that's just to show that, like, it's probably not just pure consequence. Um, I think it's like a really complicated yeah. math problem. Because, like, I think that there is always a tipping point where, especially at the end of the world, where you're talking about the survival of humanity. And sure, some people would say, like, should humanity survive? And that's like Shut that's up, a Jasper. whole other question, um, but I think that like I don't know, like I think humanity should survive. <laughs> um, so I I don't know. I I think that like different situations call for different things, and I just feel like with a lot of these situations, it's like people are choosing their feelings um, and guilt and and um, their own sense of how they should go about things over the lives of other people. And to me, that feels very wrong. Like, why is how I feel and, like, think that, like, being a good person is, why is that more important than the lives of other people if I'm the one in the position to make that decision? Um, and you think this is different from what Clark did with the City of Light? Because he said something I, about she I thought that's not real living. I but- think this is part of, like, the um, – the like biological imperative. I think that maybe you're just more evolved. But like I, I see like the city of light as like to me it didn't seem fully like living because I think if you can't feel the bad things, then like the good things are eventually just not gonna feel as good. Like it's a But regardless of that, the choice that Clark was given was an okay. eternity of whatever this is. Yeah. Right. And if you don't think it's fully living or whatever, but the, the eternity of this, whatever mm-hmm. it is, and and six months of of suffering and then death Mm -hmm. and and she chose the she said well we'll figure something out because the the other one is not even worth it i think because she's choosing the way she sees that she's choosing dying now in in like a part of us lives on in a system who who's going to even maintain that system like is it just going to eventually crash um and um giving herself six months 
to either survive or come up with a solution, which maybe for her feels more like living than um, artificial living. Uh huh. I mean, because I was gonna say like maybe Bellamy thinks well if we live if we uh you know leave these these people behind it's not even worth surviving anymore. We like Capital Chick yeah. said that she's or was it her or was it Danny that said like if it if you're willing to compromise a certain thing like is it like I don't know I can't remember now. Wait what 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 what. Have I had to? If much- you're like, if you're willing, to- it's the whole thing. Like, do we deserve yeah, to survive? Thing. Type of thing, right? It's like, yeah, like maybe if you live, you know, if you leave them behind, then who the fuck then, are you? You know, do you? Do well, but you then re- if you yeah. doom five hundred I mean, people to live the- to to die, what kind of person are you? But I think that that's the thing, though, is that like you, I think what it is is you are choosing sort of this like hope in humanity. I think that I, I think that that's what, like one like sort of sort of romanticized way that you could that you could figure it out is you don't ever leave anyone behind because you know that like you have faith in humanity that like a solution will present itself that like it is better to you know hope that there will be like that's that you've made the right choice. This like, reminds I, me of a joke. <laughs> okay, where um there's somebody that like got stuck to a rock in the ocean and like they were the tide was coming in and so like this like um little boat came by and was like oh my god do you need help they're like no god will save me and they're like oh okay cool and then another boat came by and they're like (laughs) oh my god do you need help they're like no god will save me that's good i'm good anyways like this happened a few times and then the person died so the person's having is like (laughs) fuck you god like where were you and he's like i sent four fucking boats to save you at a certain point this is your fault like (laughs) that's like kind of how i feel about it that's awesome i no, i i i i concur i'm just sort of trying to put my head try to like understand what might be going through the other side but yeah no i'm like i still i still don't don't are we too much with robots <laughs> probably probably like i i'm a terrible person I, uh, um unless you guys have anything else maybe we'll take a quick little break yeah i have to walk bonsai even though he's sleeping i'm afraid that like in the second half he'll like wake up and like bother us <laughs> okay yeah um all right we'll we'll talk to you guys in a couple minutes all right welcome back uh we are continuing our discussion of uh episodes four 401 through 403. Um, we just talked about Bellamy's decision. Uh, let's like hop back for a sec into Arcadia and just kind of like maybe chat about sort of what, what was happening there with, you know, we had Raven um, with her decision, uh, with her little, her little fight with Abby. Well, we talked a little bit about that with Bellamy's decision, but we have that. And then we actually have Murphy's decision, which I think is kind of one of those things as well as, you know, stuff that happened with Amori uh, in, mm-hmm. in the cave. Is it the same fucking cave every time? Like, is Maybe? this, is this the same cave? And they just, it's like, the rendezvous the cave. Actually, the I rendezvous like to think cave. that there's lots of different caves. Okay. You like to think that or yeah. like there's a, there's a cave specifically that they have sex in. And yeah. A cave there's a for sex eating cave. Bugs. There's like a bonfire cave. There's like uh-huh. a. That one has good ventilation. The parents obviously. think they're being cool and having a party there cave, but no one likes that cave. <laughs> and then like <laughs> the cave where people hide secret stuff in that they think nobody knows about. Okay. Uh-huh. You got a lot of cave dreams. I do. Um, 
So we've got that. And then by the end of that, though, you know, we, we, we have Clark sort of wrestling with the decision of what to tell people. Um, and then we'll get into Jaha stuff sort of at the end, because, you know, we got to mm-hmm. have reserve a moment for crazy ass Jaha. Um, yeah. So so let's talk about um, let's talk about Arcadia. I guess maybe should we start with Jasper since that was kind of. Oh, he Jasper. sort of appeared a bit more at the beginning. All right. Um Jasper. Jasper in his shower cap, um, which I don't understand. He has very short hair. Why is he using a shower cap? Um, And also everyone around him is wearing like, you know, we're outside in the Pacific Northwest clothes. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not warm. Like, no one is dressing like it is warm outside. And yet Jasper is there showering outside with their drinking water, like unheated drinking water. Um, I have questions. He's not afraid about like, catching his death. I see. He's he's laughing in the face of 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 sniffles. <laughs> and maybe he's like Nothing a bit of an exhibitionist. What? Um, sorry. I just took a look up at the notes, and I clearly have not looked over your notes, Bob's. Uh, your first two items: Murphy the cockroach. Uh, and <laughs> when did Bellamy get so jacked in all caps? No, White Bellamy, which is Brian. Oh, because I'm he sorry. got so jacked. Um, and that was like very distracting in that scene. I was like, whoa. And I think it was because he I'm sorry, had. A, what do you mean by jacked? He's just is that not something jerking I don't know? off, Shaheen. He's jacked. Like, he's like beefy. Um, he wasn't beefy last year. Or do we see him shirtless? I can't even remember. He's but muscly. He's muscly. And I think it's because he got cast as like a, a regular um, or a main on another show that I kept trying to watch but couldn't finish. Um, I can't even remember what the name was. Anyway, so I think that's like he is prepping for that. And that's why also why Miller and um, Brian break up. Right. I mean, he definitely left the show. I, I, I hadn't noticed his physique. Um, but you know, <laughs> it is very much your brand that, that you did. It was distracting. <laughs> well, so are you saying like from the end of season three, when, when his leg was shot and was like, there's continuity like errors. Yes. Infected to now, it, he's now gotten bigger. I mean, maybe, you know. He got good rations. I don't know, but apparently Bob's noticed his. his no, it's whole been physique. like ten minutes. Like the, the from when he said my leg is infected. Yes. To to, it's to been, when yeah. they came down. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so a little bit of a continuity error there, I guess. Um, <laughs> but are you really gonna like nitpick like some swole buff dude, Bubs? Like, is this is this not, your chief complaint I'm not, I'm of season four? I thought it should be known. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm uh, sure if he ever listened to this podcast, I'm sure he is like would be thrilled that you like notice that like the hard work that he put in to like putting on exactly. some muscle. Like it's hard exactly. work. Cool. Um what was my other right. note? Oh hey. You oh. thought that their breakup was well done and feelsy? Oh, well no, you had stuff about, about Murphy. Murphy oh, the Murphy. cockroach and Amori still being jealous. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, seriously, Amor, you're jealous? Like, yes. Did Murphy touch Antari's heart? She was dead at the time. Like, it's not a big deal. Um, it's just like, <laughs> how can you be jealous of that? So it's kind of like side eye. Wasn't she jealous well, of them having sex? Was, oh, totally. But she's dead. <laughs> and he was, like, coerced. 
Um, well, that's the part that she didn't know, and so she wasn't sure how much of a. Uh, but no, but she says um, Murphy you had in it. No, I would. I would have to say Murphy didn't seem too unhappy about it at the time, but. I feel like they probably put this in there, like her being upset and him being like, I didn't have a choice to like address the like fuck up that they did yeah. and how they handled it when it happened. Cause all of us were like, this is kind of rapey and you're trying to make it sexy. Um, yeah. I think that they like put this line in there to like be like super explicit. Yeah. And I guess like this is maybe like, this is sexist of me, but like when I saw that scene, like, yes, I picked up on like, she was clearly like threatening him. But because they had that scene before where he's, like, watching her getting out, getting out of the tub and it's, like, super flirty and, like, mm-hmm. sensual, um, I didn't think he didn't want to do it. So what I felt was that he had guilt because he was obviously with Amori. Um, and so when he says, mm-hmm. like, the things I do to survive, like, he knows that he has to do it. Um, and so it is coercion no matter, like, how much he wants it. Because, yes, it is coercion. But at the same time, it's not as icky of a feeling because he's attracted to her and he feels bad about cheating on his girlfriend. But he's like, well, I have to do it, though. And so there's kind of like a conflict between it being coercion and like him giving himself a pass about not feeling bad about it because it's coercion, you know? So that's what I took. Maybe that is sexist of me that like it's harder to like see that like a guy. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think what it is is like at the time when he was spying on her in the bath, mm-hmm. like yeah, he's like peeking at someone that he finds attractive, but he didn't quite know where that was going to go for him. And mm-hmm. so I think that like if he knew that like peeking on her was like going to result in this other thing, he probably would not have like chosen it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, done that, like, or had, like, sort of allowed his mind to go there because, like, it Murphy. followed to a conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the moment, he also did, had, like, a smirk on his face. And so, I mean, look, these are consistent things. Like, he, they, they all could happen. It's maybe uh, more, a lot, there are a lot of scenarios that could happen in real life that are morally uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it could it's possible that someone forces you into something that you on some level enjoy. Um, and that messed up things can happen. So uh, I think that art artworks should be allowed to depict any sort of complicated situation. That's in part why we have art mm-hmm. is because we can explore very complicated situations. Some of which might happen to us or similar things might happen to us, hopefully not as extreme or not as dramatic, but we part of why we dramatize these things and we look at them in in fiction is because you know to 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 explore them without having to actually enact them in life mm-hmm. so i don't think it's um it's the fault of the artwork to to depict this kind of thing and and if the argument is that the the way it was presented with the music and whatever it was it seemed like an endorsement or under uh, underplaying of the coercion aspect of it. I don't know. That's kind of, that kind of depends on how you interpret it. You can look at it as this is what happened between them. You can, you know, Murphy, you know, Antari, you can interpret it however you want. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you think it's wrong, then it's wrong. Um, so that's that, but it does make it complicated when a Murphy says, I didn't have a choice. 
mm-hmm. um, because it seems like there was more involved. But yeah, um, so. Well, and now that you're saying that, it, like now that I'm thinking about the entire conversation, I think that he is saying what we're saying because he says like, um, oh, I like miss Polis in a way because they had this like milk there that was like goat milk and sweet. And so I think that he's actually saying that like it wasn't all bad. But yes, I was like I I had to do what I did. But like it's like in Matilda where that kid has to like eat chocolate cake. Like at first he's like, yeah, it's a chocolate cake. Like <laughs> um, but it was like a lot of chocolate cake. Um, and so like, there's like two sides of it and like both can exist at the same time. And like, it's true that art should explore this. And like, it's something, obviously we all talked about it and we're all thinking about it. Like, is that, was that not the purpose of it? Yeah. But I mean, uh, cause we also like Joe called it a fuck up or like, I don't know why people are angry that this is shown because that's part of the function of art. Mm-hmm. Wait, oh, us. you like me calling the way that they handled it originally? Yeah. I, like my my issue with it wasn't even the line. It really genuinely was like the like wow, like the music. Like cuz a like I just didn't agree with it as a musical choice in general. Like since when have we used like <laughs> sexy guitars like sexy from like jazz. Red Shoe Diaries? Like that's <laughs> like not not no just no is that our 90s reference uh i mean i guess it counts right david can me i mean and i feel like looking back like everyone made fun of parachute pants like but if you look back at like men's dress pants back then like they were fucking like baggy and tapered so everyone had dressed like pleated and and pleated and pleated anyway um way to give a man a fupa total fupa everyone all the dudes had fupas all of them um yeah so so i guess it was just yeah and so is there an element that the music the choice of music uh kind of uh tilts the interpretation in favor of an endorsement by the author um an endorsement yeah yeah. like the music definitely sort of a was out of place in just the general vibe of the show like that was just kind of a weird jarring thing even if it was supposed to be sexy um and then b yes it like also had the additional thing of given the style of it and the ambiguity of the rest of it sort of tilted the scales in sort of approval yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know how you would better show that, like, he was bo- both for it and both coerced and both, like... Uh... Yeah, there's a part of him that wants it. There's a part of him that doesn't. And obviously, he can kind of go along with it co- now without guilt because he can say he didn't have a choice. So, But it doesn't... Obvi- like, none of that justifies what Antari did. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Um, no. So. Yeah, and it's and you know I think that I, I think that that's probably what Amori is sort of like getting at. Like she's like you know I understand that you didn't have a choice in this. I mm-hmm. think that it's sort of this insecurity possibly of if any sort of part of this situation were completely different. Like mm-hmm. if it wasn't coercion, mm-hmm. if it wasn't if if she wasn't on Tari, if it was just some girl who looked like that, you know, would you be into her? Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's shitty. Like, 
it's a shitty like situation mm-hmm. and it's yucky yeah. and like not fucking cool. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> I'm super eloquent today. Um, <laughs> let's talk about sort of, sort of the, 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 the sort of this theme of secretiveness, um, that started with the very beginning of, of the series with, uh, not series, but like this season with, with Bellamy and Clark, um, you know, and Clark wanting to tell everyone immediately and Bellamy being like, no, no, like, (laughs) we we keep this from people. But but she doesn't want to tell people. She's saying like, um, how do I tell people that after everything they've been through, the world is ending? Like, she's like overwhelmed by it. And there's like this moment where he... And this is going back to like um, Murphy's Law in season one, where he's like, okay, no, like we should hold off. <laughs> um, we're going to find out if this is even real information. Let's start there. And like his like his plan, like you see like Clark being like grateful that like there's like a plan and like she can like oh, relax for, sure. for a second. And she's like, that's when she says like, thank you for keeping me alive. And like there's like a relief that like he likes he is kind of like helping out and like what they have to do and she can take a moment to like breathe after i mean they just went through the whole thing up and pull us like no time had passed <laughs> which sucks no, my my critique wasn't wasn't anti like that i was against bellamy oh, like yeah, yeah. saying that i'm saying that like he planted that seed like he made that choice and clark like was like agreed with it and sort of went along with it because ultimately you know it is always her decision um but like he was like this is what we're gonna do and so like that sort of she bought into that and like that was the the thing that she committed to and so like we followed that um but it's still you know, it goes back her to stuff in law when um bellamy was right you know he said like mm-hmm. no, no 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 let them build the wall we don't know who it was like um let's just and so and she's like no everyone should know and then that ends up with like Charlotte killing herself. And so I think that that the reason why she listens to him is because he reads the crowd better, better than she does. Um, and so that's like his specialty. Her specialty yeah. is like the strategy, but he knows people. Um, yeah. Clark doesn't people well. Doesn't people. Little ass. No, she. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. Sorry, I accidentally scrolled to the to the wrong area. Um, what do we have feelings about Jaha and his sort of like stupid redemption arc? Um, and I say stupid because like obviously like I'm fascinated watching him all the time. I here's something though, like we can give Jaha all the shit that we want, and I did for a long time, but ultimately I think he saved more people than anybody. You know, like yeah. he got them to the ground. He got like um, yeah, he found Allie, but if had he not found Allie, they wouldn't have had time to prepare for the end of the world again. Like, there's so much that he actually did. And like when I go di- like when I get down to it, the only thing that is like hard black for me with Jaha is in the boat when they were going to the City of Lights, when he like pushed that kid out. Because like at the same time though, like compared to everything, it, it was very similarly in line with like we have, but if to me, the why it was so wrong was the goal. Like the city of lights, that sounds like bullshit. Like, what really do you think you're gonna find over there? <laughs> so, like for me, because the goal was like uh, shaky, the city of lights was just a little bit too nebulous. Like it was just like, what does that mean? Like what? And so I think if he had more concrete um, understanding of what it meant, then like him deciding that that kid's life was less important than his, like, that would make more sense, you know? 
Yeah. I think that the the goal was also immediate survival because the, I think that Jaws thinking was that that Lumfrey was hungry and if we give it one other one more human it will just it will be full and it will go away. Um, and I I totally get that. I totally get like the um, instinct to survive, but at the same time it's not noble unless like if he had wells on there and he pushed someone off, then I'd be like, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, that was like. What else are you going to do? But like it it was with him, with it just being himself, like I understand the survival imperative. It is what it is, but it doesn't like add or do anything else with his character. Yeah. Um, Can I just say Jaha, Jaha knows the names of everyone he killed. And, uh, and he. Right. And he was like, do you want like, that was such a great. <laughs> and, and he acts like that somehow makes them, makes him less creepy. He's like. Yeah, I know. And I know their names too. I'm like, well, that makes it worse, dude. That, like, you're a fucking no, creep. No, but he's like, <laughs> he's saying he doesn't forget them. He, I know. He keeps well, I'm them... just saying, like, yeah. It but it, it was super creepy. I have a lock of every one of their hair. That keep it in <laughs> right? my pocket. I picked up okay, a, so. I, I picked up a trade from everyone. I was like, no, dude, that's freaking weird. <laughs> is this is my people I've killed scrapbook. <laughs> yeah, you know, some I people are saying, like, in Breaking Bad, uh, like, Walter is picking up. Uh, traits from people he killed but that theory turned out not to be true he did a couple of times but not every time but uh so so shaheen i have a question Mm -hmm. so you had asked when when there was a chance that we were possibly going to get to meet um meet up with uh jason rothenberg Mm -hmm. uh, so close so close. Um, ah. I know, I know. We, of course, uh, he was so nice and like, like took the time to like try to like meet up with like a couple of, um, you know, people throughout the throughout the event or whatever, you know, like it, it's to say that he kind of like he knew that people were writing and caring and like podcasting mm-hmm. and talking about the show in like a positive way. Um, so it was just, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um you, you had a question that you wanted me to ask him, Shaheen. And the more that we talk about this, like you frame the question to have to do with Clark, but sort of the more that we talk about, you know, what Bub sort of laid out that, that Jaha did, isn't that sort of, isn't, is Jaha the engine propelling so much of the show? Uh-huh. Like, and sorry, maybe you could explain your question since I am incapable. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are, there are, I think, two types of stories. There are stories in which um, you find a fascinating uh, cast of characters that none of whom are special in any sort of metaphysical sense, although they're all unique. Um, none of them are sort of like the one person that can get out of the matrix or the one person that can do this or that. Um they're just people, they're all equally flawed, equally amazing or whatever. Um, and they create this story and they ebb and flow and they play different roles. Um, sometimes they play more of a role, sometimes they play less of a role. And then there are other types of stories where there is a character that is metaphysically unique, um, you know, like Superman or any sort of superhero story would be that way where they have some property that no one else has. And that somehow means that they're the only one who can save the world. Or you can think of Neo in the matrix, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. They're both interesting types of stories. Um, I kind of have a personal preference for stories where there is no one 
who is unique uh, in this metaphysical sense. And I was wondering what kind of story the hundred is. Uh, in some ways, it seems like it's the type of story where there is no metaphysically unique character because, you know, Clark is not really infallible or she doesn't always make great decisions. She doesn't always even succeed. She's not even always the main influence on the story. So that's something I, I like uh, about a story. Um, personally, like I said, I have a preference for it. Uh, but then there are other times when Clark is singled out as a sort of unique entity in the universe of the story where, you know, it's like she's one hitter and she's, you know, the only person who can do this or that, or the other thing. Right. So I was wondering what kind of story does Jason want it to be? Does he want it to be the type one or type two? That was my question. But I actually think about this a lot. Um, no, go ahead. And I think. I think it's like both. It's like, um, so you, you think about like, um, history is written by the winners. So instead of thinking like Clark or anyone are chosen, if you think of it backwards, like all of this will happen in, in this parallel real world. So we're kind of like going back and, and following the story of the people who survived. So while it seems like Octavia falling off of that cliff and surviving seems like such like, how did that happen? That doesn't make any sense. Well, the whole point that we're telling the story of these people is is because they're the ones that survived. It's because they they made it. So there is a story to tell. And so it kind of gets rid of that sense of like, well, that couldn't have happened because like in a million or million, billions and billions and trillions of scenarios, um, infinity, there will be a situation where all of this will line up and happen. And that's the story that we're following. Um, is <laughs> how I tell like, it to I, That's like some deep shit, bubs. Like I'm just sitting here, like enraptured, like having like dueling TED talks from the two of you today. Talking like, multiverses. This, this is great for my like medicated, hungover state. <laughs> it's 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 delightful. But so so to your to your to both of you guys' point, then like couldn't a, a huge, if not slightly more favored, argument be made for Jaha being central to? These kind of and he like survived right. like a literal fucking rocket. Yeah. Down. I think that's like a very that interesting question. I think that Jaha is like um, Jaha represents philosophy on the show and and religion and and that's the kind of thing that impacts the world in um, time intervals of like hundreds of years, like in the in the bigger ah. picture of things. Um, He's whereas Clark thing. is more like was I, was I the only politics one or that? you know like. More, more like technology or something where it influences life in more short-term uh, periods. So like Jaha, if you think about, if you step back from all the little day-to-day -day politics of it and war and who's going to kill who and who we're going to save, the, the bigger picture of it, it looks like Jaha has been influencing the major, right? um, in the major events that, that happened, like the landing of the Ark, um, the you know finding Ali, um, mm -hmm. finding the the bunker in in season four, um, all the sort of milestones. Yeah. It seems like Jaha had a major impact on it, and and he's been away for most of the time, but he he somehow like he is so influential. Influence. He's never yeah. around, and like he is <laughs> yeah, like he everything. does something, and he is the butterfly flapping its wings and mm -hmm. causing a fucking tsunami. 
Totally. Yeah. So is he somehow metaphysically special? Possibly well, sort, more but, metaphysically. And and we but also no, no, saw no, that because like this, the city this of goes light to the where, what? Sorry, I was going to say in the city of light where sometimes we had this puzzlement whether Jaha is the only or one of the few people who has full freedom a- in the like city of light inside there yeah um so he does sometimes have these sort of features that might that indicate he might be unique but yeah again i i kind of would like that not to be the case i would like all of them to just be extraordinary people who are not really in any sense singled out as an entity in the universe you know and i think that like what we all based on bts stuff um thinking that Jaha's not going to make it this season lends to the fact, like what I'm saying, it ultimately will not be his story that we're following because we're following the characters that make it through. Kind uh-huh. of, you know, but he is like the setup. He was very big in um, paving a path for them. And that is why he's in the story. Um, whereas like Clark's dad, as much as like he lit the match and finding the problem, um, and setting things in motion, um, he died. So he he was a much smaller part of the story. Um, I don't know. That's how I see it. But And maybe that's why they, they never get rid of Jaha. Because they're like, well, I mean, it's Jaha. I mean, you know. How are we going to make crazy shit you happen? You can't, like, kill it. Like, he's, I don't know. Who's going to take he, over his role if we... I <laughs> like Jaha. If we, if we I'm ass- so sad. If we assume that he dies this season, which I think, I mean, we, yeah. we've been all on Jaha Death Watch forever, but yeah. if we were on again, its bedside, we're on Jaha's bedside. Like, if we, if, if it's finally this year, like, who's going to be move, making these big sort of metaphysical plot movements? Yeah. Maybe, who's maybe, that's, maybe that becomes Murphy's job. And religion. Or Keenan hmm. Abbey. Are they dying too? <laughs> there's also becca though i mean if you think about it becca could also be argued as the most important yes character. i mean it depends on how far you want to trace back like yeah, yeah it's interesting like it's a fractal <laughs> i think there's definitely a story for if there was like a spinoff and it was like becca um and it, the season finale or the series finale was like um, Ali blowing up the world, there'd be a really interesting story there. So for sure, yeah. I think it's its own story. Um, and it's definitely the threads that started ours, if not like or, the backbone of it. I mean, but also even possibly like find like seeing the first, like the first season could end with that. And then the next season is actually like how she lived on the ground. Oh, uh, yes. That'd yeah. be super cool. Anyway, sorry. Like, uh, we're I mean, if you think about it, so Becca has been there the whole time i mean she she was the reason the world blew up and then she was in the flame she so she was the, there for the whole grounder history and then uh then she came back as ally and then she was in raven's mind she was just she's just been there the whole time <laughs> i mean yeah yeah um yeah. i'd like to move things along uh to sort of right. a little bit towards the end like do we want to talk at all about um the sort of bellamy raven clark of it all or have we sort of gotten that already? Um, I, I have one comment that I forgot about um, Day Trip Part 2. Okay. Was that I like that Jaha still crashed it again. 
And although he was actually there this time, and I liked that Bellman Clark had another scene where they went down the stairs and there was a dead body. I was like, thank you for giving like a few nods to like another episode from season one. Um, <laughs> but that was like it that I had to talk about. <laughs> oh, no, I one mean, more thing. Well, oh, yes. What? No, go ahead. Oh, the, the other thing's like more serious. It's more like um, another kind of foreshadowing um, the se- season finale where Jaha says like, um, you center her and he goes no it's the reverse and I think it's it's referring to the fact that they're going to be separated and yes like mm-hmm. they they're they're a great leadership duo in that like their their weaknesses are covered by the other to an extent um and so it is I mean it's it's almost as much as it pains me that they're separated it almost is nice that like they're going to have this this real chance to be forced to develop um and fill the gaps of themselves basically um, yeah, because they don't have another option. So I think that that was kind of, I don't know, I felt like that was what it was sort of saying, um, which is nice. And like, as much as I'm worried about who Bellamy's going to be when he comes back, based on what Bob says, so like, maybe that's something to like, focus on that, like, he really did um, listen to Clark in the finale, and he's like, going to be a more balanced person. Um, because that is growth, ult- ultimately for a character. I mean, with any luck. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like sorry, I just was thinking about about sort of where where their story is sort of going and like seeing like I wonder how much more we'll sort of notice um mm-hmm. like about those about those sort of bits coming together. Um that, that was actually in your notes as well, Shaheen. Did you want to speak to that at all? Uh I'm sorry, about what? About the the Jaha's theory that uh, Bellamy keeps Clark centered but that they're going to kind of, you know, have a bit of a rever- uh, possibly learn how to fill in their lacking bits uh, of their personalities, I guess, psyches, uh, while they're separated. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have much to say about it. I was wondering what uh, you guys thought about that theory, because, like, he, yeah, I mean, he says that Bellamy keeps Clark centered. Um, you could also argue that Clark keeps Bellamy centered. Um you could also argue that uh, it's neither one. Uh, it's just situational. Sometimes Clark is freaking out and is wanting to make a, a bad decision and Bellamy calls it out. And sometimes Bellamy is about to make a bad decision mm-hmm. and Clark calls it out. And sometimes they're not there and they go ahead with their bad decision <laughs> and, and shit blows up. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, what do you think? Why does Joha think that Bellamy keeps Clark centered? Um, because she's the one who's in charge. I think because... he does view it in the lens of the leadership and like feeling the isolation. So he kind of sees. But isn't Bellamy more extreme and more emotional than Clark? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that she's not like feeling things very deeply. Um, because like ultimately the decision always ends with her. Like, and people, you know, always argue that like they make their decisions together, blah, blah, blah. But like, the show always frames it as Clark has veto power. Like uh-huh. that that's just, that is her job. Like, and she chooses to agree with Bellamy. Um, yeah. But I that- think that that it goes, yeah, she ultimately does decide, but it's like, they argue their point and right. ultimately who, whoever's point is like, if better. he doesn't convince her, then yeah. yeah. And vice um, versa. For sure. But it does. It matters less whether or not she convinces Bellamy. I guess. 
Well, it's like um, I think um, Red Dawn at morning when they they come back from Luna's is that or is it the next up? No, choose or die or join or die. When they come back and Clark is all set to go to some grounder village and look for Nightblood and they and they're like no. <laughs> so sometimes yeah. like she has to just I guess take a beat. It's not so black and white. I think. I mean, there was that one time in our in Arcadia when uh, Emerson came back and. Uh, you know, took everyone hostage, and Clark was like, "All right, I'm gonna turn myself in." And Bellamy was like, "Well, I have a better choice. I have a better, I have a better plan." Um, you know, so if you look at different situations that happen, sometimes Clark wants to do something, and Bellamy gives right, but advice. but he convinces her, and sometimes vice versa. Like, and and so there are times when Bellamy is in charge, isn't there? I, I, then why does Bellamy say to Jaha that he got it backwards? I mean, does that mean Bellamy thinks he's in charge? No, Jaha wasn't there for Bellamy. Um, the whole was he there? He wasn't there. He was like for which? Um, for the season three A. Like he was like focused oh, no. on yeah, the massacre stuff. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't there for any of that. Well, he just showed up and he was like, I found the city. And then he was like off doing his own thing because nobody ever interacted that season. (laughs) So who the fuck knows if Uh, Jaha was even aware of it? Which is seriously why I think this season has so much like character disconnect hangover because like they they dropped the ball in that respect a lot um, for parts of it. Um, And so, yeah, I forgot what my point was. Okay, cool. Okay, so I wanted to move us back to uh, Arcadia, and uh, I guess I guess sort of the the realization uh, of what is about to come for Luna, um, as as they mm-hmm. sort of figure out that her night bloodedness is is what the you know the big wow moment of 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 that sort of yeah. storyline, um, and sort of where her story goes, and also that everyone decided to touch her face, and that was weird. <laughs> Um, she's going to break out so bad. (laughs) Um, Um, so like she seemed willing and at this point, obviously to, to sort mm -hmm. of be subjected to their tests. Does this, I'm just, it was something that like a thread that, you know, they, they, they sort of put into these episodes. I was wondering if anyone had any like thoughts about it. Um, I think that, yeah, she's willing at first because like from the perspective she has now, I think that she has a little bit of guilt that, all of her people died, but she like survivor's guilt. Um, and so she, if she is able to allay some of that by helping other people, um, I think that she is obviously going to be open to that while she's like getting through the fact that every, everyone she knew died. Did Um, you, did you notice at the beginning, um, when she showed up and she like was telling, um, Bellamy, uh, you know, please don't let what I did. Yeah, yeah please don't turn yeah. us away. Like, don't, don't, don't judge yeah. us, you know, on, on what we did before. And I'm like, bitch, do you know where your storyline is going? <sighs> you were literally going to condemn everyone to death because of, like, what you, like, what people have done. Yeah, I thought that was a great moment for her character. Oh, which for sure. It's, it's sad that she takes that turn, but, like, I thought it was such a, like, there's something humanizing about admitting, like, she... F- Clearly, even though she probably felt that that was the right thing to do for her people, she still does feel like see the totally side where Alexa she's like, moment. yeah, where she's like, I'm so, like, I'm sorry. Like, I um, please, like, don't hold this against us. Like, and she's mm-hmm. just like putting her pride like on the like just laying it out. Um, and it was really nice. I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, Did you have any Luna feelings, Shaheen? She's so pretty. Um, I had a well actually about okay. this. Okay, let's let's scroll so, on down. But, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not sure why the they were surprised about the night blood that it can save you from radiation. This should have been obvious, yeah. and this should have been in Becca's notebook. Like, did didn't Becca write this in her notebook? Like, shouldn't she have been like, "Hey, P.S. Night blood." Well, I mean, it really had two purposes. One was to let to allow you to merge with the with the AI, with the AI, and then the other second purpose was to save you from radiation. So if you if you synthesize the substance that has two properties, you'd probably write it down in your notebook anyway. And and then you know they probably could have put two and two together anyway. Like Raven could have figured this out even if it wasn't mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. And, and obviously, we knew as an audience because we saw Becca injected into herself and then land on the ground with with her hazmat suit off. And so we knew that Nightblood had this property. Uh, so it wasn't a kind of like a revelation moment. Anyway. It would have been really cool. But I had a, well, actually, I was like, they should have. The characters should have known too. Yeah, and it would have been so cool if they left it like as sort of an Easter egg in season. If they would have known where they were going with it. Um, in season two, like having like the mountain men just like mention like, well, we came across this like really interesting strain of blood that was even better than yours, but we just couldn't figure out how to like replicate it. And then you're like, well, yeah, like, and you would have taken it as like just some throwaway, like we're, we're not the best blood they've ever had, but like, we're much better than grounder blood. So we're all going to die. <laughs> and we have just like forgotten about it. And it would have been like such mm. a good thing to like go back and watch me. Like, oh my God, they're talking about night blood. <laughs> um, yeah, that would have been cool. Welp. Welp. <laughs> um, but no, the, I think I was going to say something else, but now I can't, damn it, I can't remember what it was. Um, You'll remember like three hours from now. Um, do you want to <laughs> hit your well, actually, Bubs? Um, yeah. So I love how Echo gives Bellamy the seal, like the Asgeta seal that's like their Asgeta passport. And then in the scene in um, 402, when Bellamy's going into the grounder, um, to the Asgeta territory, um, and he's talking to Clark, and Clark like, brandishes the seal for him and is like show this to some to anyone if you get in trouble when that was like echo already explained how it worked i was like why are you like <laughs> i didn't understand that woman's plating like, well, actually like he's the one that knew how it worked to start with so the fact that like you know means that he told you so i don't really understand what this like is it just you being like um like don't die like i don't know it was just weird <laughs> she's woman's plating. yeah she's woman's planning Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Bellamy is not to be trusted. Um, <laughs> Except to I be guess, hot, which he does every single time. Right? But only then, not right now. Um, <laughs> do we have any other thoughts that, about about these series of, of episodes or where they might lead? Uh, do we yeah, talk about the other list? other than scene? what? Oh, did we? No. I guess we can talk about the list. Sorry. I just, like, I'm going to, like, keep my, like, most frantic bullark thoughts, like, I mean, everyone's already talked about it. I don't have to say anything. Um, apart from being like, of course, like her watching him sleep. I'm like, no, they've both watched each other sleep. That's cute. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I do get like the them writing their each other's names down is super cute. But I do get like how morally it's like, eee. are you allowed to do that? Um, yeah, <laughs> it made me feel funny things. And then like, Clark <laughs> Bellamy's penis twice. Just saying. Okay, um, just saying. Just saying. Um, but I, I you mean, have I a like whole like obviously. eye line diagram. 
Well, because I, I was watching those scenes and I was like, she like looks down. Like, is she looking at his gun or is like Obergon? Like, or, um, or his gun. His guns. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's all I had to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't have too much to say about the list that like we kind of didn't already cover or whatever. Like it's or haven't already covered before. I agree in theory with the idea of the list at the time yeah. that it like needed to exist. I'm like, yeah, you really do need to prioritize people. Like, sorry. Like and if it's I only a hundred like, people, yeah. sorry. And I um, agree with like her methodology in the sense that like they have to skew towards women. They have to skew towards like, you know, so I think that yes, it should have been checked by like a council mm-hmm. um, where they I don't know. Or like have, they could run more math. Like, like 50% or like 70% get to be like essential personnel. And then there's like a lottery for the remainders, remainders. So it's not just like brainy elitism um, or whatever. Yeah. And this will, I mean, should we talk about like the, the lying to the crowd? We didn't really cover that at all. And I feel like I'm Capital sorry. Check is I did a bad job moderating. No, um, no. It's like the one thing we didn't go over. Um, Shaheen, do you have any thoughts about that? Like, so something Clark, some, about her. Yeah, yeah she, she a she doesn't want to tell people what's going on, <laughs> but Raven pushes, and like once the water accumulator is blown up, like she gives in and, and talks to the crowd. But what she says is not a hundred percent true. So I'd be curious to know your thoughts because, like, I. <sighs> I, my my robot thoughts are like I guess it's kind of bad like <laughs> um, the lying <laughs> yeah but at the same time I'm just like I would I do it's something differently or would I just procrastinate slithering. on telling people because it's like kind of uncomfortable and like I'm not really sure how it's gonna go so I'd probably like put it off for a while um, no I I feel like any discussion that like I, I totally understand the Clark as Slytherin um, sort of yeah. argument and not in a negative way but in a just like approach um yeah well do you think it's ever it's ever good to lie to someone for their own sake um, oh it absolutely yeah. is that was that was the story of of of, of bubs's dead cat sitting event um yeah that, that exactly. you can listen to probably at the end of this podcast i can't remember <laughs> where I, i'm just oh my God, that's suggesting. a great point though i'm glad i told that story <laughs> Yeah, no. See, it's a great it's a great preview so that people will stick around after the podcast and hear the and hear the updated saga of Shaheen's cat. Not not the same cat that Bugs <laughs> is babysitting that died. Also, nobody should That's... name their cat Pancake or Waffles unless they want it to become ironic. Why? They live Waffles? near like streets and grates. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So if you think that it's it's justified to lie to people for their own sake then there's no what is the problem so that's this what is like Clark where did. um i said I, earlier that i was being hypocritical in the sense that i don't think that bellamy and squad um should be able to make a decision that um affects lives of 500 people in blowing up the, the water reclamator um but it, it is somewhat hypocritical that i feel that way but like in, in the sense of like clark lying um to 500 people um I don't feel as bad. I mean, I know the situations are different, but like, shouldn't they're representing 500 people. Shouldn't they be honest with them? I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you think you can do it on the, per- on a personal level, and obviously we do it today with like, we have classified documents because um, apparently there are certain things that the public shouldn't know. So that's, but is that, is that a lie or is that just omission procedure for doing that? 
Like, you're not necessarily lying to the public. You're just, you know, controlling. She's hoping it's true. Well, like, for example, yeah. we don't hear about all the thwarted plots, right. all the, like, thwarted bombing plots or terrorist uh, plots. We don't hear about all the ones that uh, didn't happen. We could have been every time there was one coming, you know, and they might have known about them for days. They could have announced it to the public. Hey, we found out someone is planning a terrorist plot. But, you know, of course, if they do that, the, then the person right. will change their plan. So the reason we, you don't tell people is because telling everyone sort of negates the whole point of knowing it. I guess that's not the case here. And like Clark. Jasper says, like um, if the world is going to end in six months, shouldn't people be able to decide how right. to spend those six months? Yeah. So I guess classified information is usually justified as, you know, it's in the national interest, in the national security interest to not let this be public. And usually that's because if, if everyone knew it, then there would be no point in knowing it. The, the reason it's important information is exactly because it's secret. But this isn't, I don't know if this falls under that. Um, I don't know where it falls. So, yeah. it Yeah. But the, if you have a broader principle that says, you know, if it's in everyone's interest, everyone's safety interest or whatever to uh, not know this because we predict the chaos or panic, that's always how... They, that's how they justified it on the arc. That's how they. But how do they predict now. that? And who or, decides? You know, like breakdown of morale. You know, you might like you might hide things from your troops because you don't want their morale to break down. So I don't know. Yeah. So it's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is kind of the the whole thing isn't fair that you know Clark or whoever gets mm-hmm. to make these decisions. But I don't know what the right. I mean, I mean, it would kind of be a super boring show if it was, like, every time a decision needed to be made, like, they'd have to, like, convene the council and, like, have a vote. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm not watching Survivor. Right? Like, it's like, how many so, times can you see Brett Dad's story, like, repeat over and over again? <laughs> oh, my God, right? Because then they'd have to, like, interview them. It'd be a whole thing. Um, so, like, I think it's just, you know, we have to have some shorthands. And, you know, what it is is... I think in some ways like audience insertion where you pick the character that you identify with their position and sort of like watch them argue it. And mm-hmm. sort of that's how, how like we like cope with those. My problem though made. is like, I didn't disagree with Clark the entire season and I still like don't know what was wrong, <laughs> but apparently she like went down this like dark arc and I was just like, is it dark though? Or is just like, I Mm, yeah super just making it happen like if 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 you subscribe to the history is is written by the winners then yeah like clark is maybe that's part of it yeah all right um do we have anything else before we before we sort of uh do other thoughts which you have a note for shaheen which i don't know if you want to explain or um Like already kind of well. Other than what, when you say other thoughts, uh, but, you know, any any other, other things what? that you want to share, that you want to you know circle back to, dance around, jump up. <laughs> jump up. Well, one thing that we didn't mention was Jasper. Um, I had a whole okay. note about Jasper. Sorry, um, I, and how like do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if we had already covered it. I, I assumed you read it and you you decided. Oh no, no, I I thought that um that we had already covered Jasper. Um, but if you're if you wanna if you wanna jump back in, like I'm all for it. 
Oh, okay. Well, I was just going to say that uh, it was interesting how Jasper uh, obviously mm -hmm. was going to kill himself. And then the thing that saved him was realizing that he's going to die in six months. So basically he was, he was saved by the recognition that death is inevitable. But death is and, always and inevitable. Yeah, but soon. it's within. And exactly. This is a recognition that he could have mm -hmm. made at any time. And so if he reminded himself at any time that he will soon die, then it wouldn't have mattered. And, you know, he would have known that nothing matters and he could stop suffering just like so you're logicking um, like no Jasper out of his depression. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is in fact exactly what many sages and philosophers have recommended most famously or most characteristically my favorite poet, the mm -hmm. Persian poet Khayyam, uh, who, you know, says he's always talking about drinking and getting wasted. Um, and Is he's, he a modern uh, poet? <laughs> he always says, Antico? no, no, he has this beautiful um, court, quartets or whatever, like four verse poems that summarize the whole universe in four sentences. And there is a very common theme in his poetry where he talks about like fill up the cup, like the cup of wine or whatever, because I don't know the next breath that I'm gonna take if it's gonna come back up is this like eat drink um, and be merry for tomorrow that's we a may phrase die. That, yeah so this is that's exactly what happened to jasper but i think it, so it's like having a time stamp is yeah. different from having it be this maybe thing it is just much more real where he i think he in killing himself he felt that he he couldn't handle it anymore but he also but had he a feeling of guilt months. well he it's like guilt because he's the one he knows he's gonna hurt his friends but he thinks he's just like in so much pain that like he's not okay with it, but um, his pain is just more than the guilt. So in ha having this like expiration date, like he just has to make it to then and then he's not the one hurting his friends. Like it's just happening. So I think that that's like a big part of it. Uh -huh. you know? I mean, yeah, like him, him having an expiration, like it's interesting that they didn't decide to have him realize that he didn't want to die. I think that that's probably the most um, <sighs> sort of not, not that his death was shocking or anything like that. Like, because <sighs> yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's not like they didn't sort of foreshadow it like crazy. I would have loved um, them to force him into the bunker and we had a six year jump and like part of the flashbacks were like, I don't know, him like in forced therapy and like, I don't know, something like something that was more, I think for personal reasons for me, that was just like, I didn't like that it was framed as like, he was free, um, free will because like, people who have feelings like that, it's not really free will. There are people who with sure. mental illnesses that like, their mental illness serves as somewhat of a parasite and it, and it like has this. Um, what's it called? It perpetuates itself, like it protects itself yeah. by keeping the person ill and keeping the person not wanting to do things that'll make it better, make them better. Um, so from that perspective, like it was never something that he could consent to or choose that's, willingly. That's, that's an interesting point. Yeah, um, like because and he's a kid, like he's sixteen. So I thought sure. that that was like to me. I did not like the choice that they made with that, um, and I especially did not like that it wasn't like everyone basically forgot about him after he died. Like it was sort of mentioned that it was his like spacesuit, but everyone's like, "Oh, well, good thing we have this extra one, I guess." Um, <laughs> so I would have <laughs> rather it have been. And like the other thing is like bringing like Echo's 
pseudo suicide and then they saved Echo. Like, what does Jasper mean to you guys? Um, I thought that that was kind of like a slap in the face to like that (laughs) whole thing. But anyways, this is not these episodes. So sorry. No, no, it's, it, it, I mean, we'll, we'll for sure come back to this mm-hmm. like repeatedly just because we're going to kind of get to see, a, you know, sort of the thread keep getting pulled with Jasper. But I think that that's, you know, definitely like interesting and valid, mm-hmm. um, you know, sort of critique of them taking it that far. Yeah. I guess my, my, my point was mostly just that like, I didn't know if they would. Mm-hmm. And I guess that, you know, mm-hmm. fuck me, right? For not remembering what, sh- what fucking show I'm watching. <laughs> Every single time. Although Every day. It's Lincoln like, Dino's this is the cornballer like, okay. of shows. This is, this is, this is the cornballer from Arrested Development of television shows where you're like, every damn time it keeps happening. Like, why do I look um, in the bag? It's always a dead dove. <laughs> every time. Um, Joe, did you not want to talk about the I loved her mom scene? Oh, I just, it didn't really, like, vibe with, like, what we were sort of, like, talking about. But, like, if you wanted to talk about it, like, you should talk about it. (laughs) I love that I, like, get taken aside for, like, just gay gay hand on shoulder. But, like, I know that, like, we have listeners who love Klexa, and, like, I don't know if they're going to, like, want, like, a shout-out. Because it was really nice, because with that whole, um, the storylines were so isolated, so there was, like... Like again, I'm not no, the person to talk about this, that, but it was like closeted. No, that moment like still, still like destroyed me or whatever. Like it was, it was important and good, and like I hated that the debate became about. Oh uh, my god, the camera panned over to he Bellamy. Wasn't like, Jesus Christ, he wasn't looking. He wasn't even looking, and I don't think he would have cared. And if he was, who cares? They were, they were talking, and he cares about yeah. Clark. Like, and she's sobbing and telling her mother that she loved this girl. Like, I would look too. And, but like at the same time, like, I still stand by he was looking at octavia like abby was focused on clark and the the thing that was so great about it was that she goes i know that look and it's such a great thing to say because like because it was so isolated like how the fuck does she know what's going on but she knows what it's like to lose a loved one and so that's the connection so she says i know that look because she recognized it in herself and so like it was a perfect like segue sad game recognized sad game (laughs) And so, like, that, like, was, a, like, a great little connection. And then, like, it it pants to Bellamy, but, like, Bellamy is looking across the room at Octavia. Like, if you look at the layout of the room, he's not looking down at the ground. He's looking, like, eye level. And, like, he, his whole focus is on Octavia. She just killed Pike. He doesn't know what's going through her head. He's worried about, like, her soul. Like, he's, like, why would he be, like, oh, my God, jealous? Like, that's not... <laughs> I love that you were like, I don't have anything to say about this scene, except let me tell you everything about this It's not my place, but like, I do obviously have feelings about it, but um, I think that they did a good job. No, it was, it was for like, for anything else that like, I might have wanted um, to have happen. Like, obviously, like there is not like, you know, unlimited time to spend on uh this sort of resolution, especially when not every, when no one else gets resolution yeah. either. Like, let's be How real. How do you make like, it like real without it. like, I mean, what, what yeah. happened with so Wells? It's kind like, of like, <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. So, you know, that, that was a wonderful moment. Like it's good that they put mm-hmm. it in there. All right. Well, on that fucking note, um, <laughs> yeah, like we are, we are going to wrap it up. I know I've been trying to like scoot you guys along and I keep forgetting. Um, but you know, we're running a little bit long. At once. <laughs> 
I know, especially because like, I feel like we did a good job today. I'd like to pat us on the oh, back. I didn't take too. any notes. I did a bad job about that. Whatever. So I guess I'll have to listen to it, um, which ugh, <laughs> listens to podcasts. Um, I always listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> good. You can take notes and let me know what we talked will. about. I Just send it to me. Wait for real. <laughs> nice. Um, do we have TV shows to recommend? Well, obviously humans. Oh, I am so glad you liked that. <laughs> what do you, real quick, what do you love about it since since harassing you into starting it? Well, I think it's the best rendering of the whole um, AI versus agency issue that I've seen so far. I think it explores this issue better than Westworld and better than The 100 in terms of, especially, there's a lot of talk of consciousness, but really what the show centers around is, is agency. And I'm really interested in agency in general. Like, what kinds of things do we consider agents? Like, uh, we give certain things partial agency, do you think like animals, have agency? Or children. Well, you know, there are some people who give all animals enough agency to say that, you know, killing them or eating them is is pretty much tantamount to murder. Um, so there is people who have different feelings about it, and this just shows how if you had all these synthetic robots that were, you know, sufficiently intelligent as part of your life who, you know, have memories with you that they might, you know, do things for you. They might save your life or whatever in the, you know, to like Facebook, because case. like and... Facebook keeps all those things that lets you know when it's people's birthdays. And then like, yeah, but it's not like a sex. You can message someone if you're kidnapped like and you're, they had their Facebook open. <laughs> you could like say, yeah, it could save you in that sense. Sorry. I don't know why I'm completely derailing you. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> well no i mean no, no, that's exactly the kind of thing like we don't give facebook agency we don't give echo agency echo, not, with, you know, not without Amazon neutrality Bugs would prefer if we do not give echo of of the hundred agency <laughs> but <laughs> yeah um sneaky so, you know but you know at some point people will start to feel confused if they if these robots are actually have physical uh, presence and they talk and they they sure. are part of your life they can do things similar to you and then people will start feeling confused about should we give them agency mm -hmm. should we treat them with dignity at least and so i think that it does a great job of showing that i don't know if everyone cares it, about no, this as much as show. i do because no some people might but watch it's still it. very interesting stuff um, someone and, out there does yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's yeah. super super interesting yeah. um anything else any any other stuff you're watching yeah. or is that is that where you're at uh, all right uh, well i definitely it. want to do a show yep. about it uh once we're on hiatus um and maybe we'll circle yeah, back also to sure. the fourth season of the expanse um since that will have happened as well and i miss christian yeah. um what about you bubs anything um i feel like all the ones i would have named you kind of you said runaways and i i did watch altered carbon um Oh, I haven't watched it yet. So, like, you can talk okay. about that because I know that I will probably like okay. it. Okay. There so there are things that I loved about it. Um, I do wish we got more world building because I loved so much what we did get. But it was just like a peak. Okay. But it was enough that you get the mm. sense that it was a real, like, happening world, et cetera, et cetera. Um, one of the aspects that was really cool was um, one of the characters was a – a virtual hotel um and this virtual hotel mostly um functions like online and like has like a virtual reality where people don't actually stay there and the character stays there and he's the first like human in like 
decades to like actually stay there or centuries. I can't remember what they said. Um, and so this hotel character, um, because like he's actually there in person, is a little bit stalkerish because he's like it's he's geared to like meet all of his needs. So there's a sense where you're like, wow, this guy's like super invested in this, the other guy. And so, but I actually really liked it. And his name was Poe and he was like very Edgar Allan Poe. Um, okay. It was very cool. Like I loved the hotel angle. Um, I thought that was really unique. Um, the rest of it, not as unique, but still super cool. Like you're talking about um, avatars basically. Um, because okay. people's consciousness is preserved in a little disc that's inserted in the back of their neck when they're one. Right. Like, like, uh, this feels like strange days to me. That, that well, is your 90s movies reference, actually. <laughs> Seriously? No. So strange days was about, um, it was a Catherine Bigelow movie. Um, and I think James Cameron wrote it mm-hmm. maybe or helped produce it. So like, um, and Angela Bassett is in it and, uh, Juliette Lewis and Ray Fiennes and, um, and it's about basically in the future, as imagined in the mid nineties, mm-hmm. um, there's this device that like for you can, it can record, I think like a minute maybe of human consciousness onto get this a mini disc, <laughs> you know, like a Sony mini yes. disc. Like that's the best part about this whole thing. Um, and they're like traded like on the underground because like, obviously it's like for sex mm-hmm. and like, cause you basically record what it feels like to be in this body for this amount of time. And so sort of this escapism thing. Um, and you know, a host of other things, but like the main thing is that this one guy, like, I think he's a detective. I haven't seen the movie mm-hmm. in years, but like, these are the things that I remember of it. Um, like so, somebody gets murdered on it. And so he has to like, you know, figure out what the fuck happened. Um, cool. so di- similar, similar in like technological, uh, yeah. sort of proposition though. This is obviously like a preserving the entire well, consciousness because you weren't limited to mini discs. Yeah, but no, it's similar in that. So there's like one of the controversies that's brought up is that like some people have a religion where they don't want to be brought back, but mm-hmm. um, there are police who and detectives who are, are um, trying to get a bill passed where for murder victims, even if they were said they didn't want to be brought back, they would at least be brought back to, to um, give their testimony as to what happened. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was really cool. And it's there's like a great scene with like a grandmother who has Can passed. Can you change your mind? What? Can you change your mind? Like, they bring you, you back. You can't. Like, well, I don't know about it at that point. It, maybe. I mean, because it's you. So you should be able to have the agency to, like, sign anything. Right? Yeah. Um, but, no, there's this old, like, um, old, I think she's Mexican, Mexican grandmother who gets brought back, like, once a year during um, Dia de los Muertos. And she gets brought back in, like, a gangbanger's body, like, this huge dude. And there's a scene mm-hmm. where she's, like, in the bathroom. She's like, hey, guys, a pink standing up. <laughs> and it's hilarious. <laughs> so there's, like, there's like good, like, balance of humor and, like, the serious stuff. And then there gets, like, this weird incesty vibe, which I was, like, into. And then it took a turn. And, like, um, <laughs> so, like, yes, I recommend well, it at least peaks. for it's – it is unique as a whole. It, it's, it's very, like, um, immersive. Um, so I do recommend so it. recommended. Yes. Except it's not like one okay. where I'm like obsessed with the characters and I want to follow them forever, like the hundred, but, um, in the sense it's like an entertainment, very like five stars. Awesome. Um, I would say like in the, in the sort of continuing like fantasy world, uh, the runaways was oh, great. So good. Um, it was super cute. The kids were oh great. God. I love that we got to see like an adult story and the kids so story precious. happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, some really great, like, 
if you're going to write like teenagers and kids, like there's a scene where this one girl who's like 12, I think in it, 12 or 13 discovers that she has superpowers, like, and she's been normal this whole time. And so like sort of her like joy and reaction to it just like felt like so pure and lovely. Um, And yeah, it's, it, it, it takes surprising, like you kind of know where things are going to end up, but sort of the way that it gets there, like they take some interesting, like little turns that you don't expect with the characters, um, which is, which is really nice. And then just for, because the world is terrible and everything is awful. (laughs) um, If you need like a show just to like veg out um, a, like uh, everyone says one day at a time. Is that the one? Um, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I was like, people are talking about it. Um, so apparently that's a thing to recommend if you were sad about life. And then also I would add to that list, the good place, which if you don't watch that Shaheen already, you should. Um, and then, uh, Brooklyn nine, nine, which is also just kind of like levity comedy, um, and Brooklyn nine, nine and good place. I think, no, no. Are those by the same people? I don't think so. same. I think the it's same the network? same dude. Um, uh, no, no, like same, same creator or showrunner oh, or something I don't like know. that. But anyway, like if you'd want something fun and light to watch. Do you watch The Good Place, Shaheen? Uh, no, I never have. Okay, so I, I need you to watch that. All right. Yeah. You'll like it. You'll, right. you'll be like, um, what's his name? Is Chitty? it like Friends? Yeah, like I, t- I have told people um, you are basically stoner cheating. Yes, you are. A hundred percent. It's a, it's a compliment. You'll watch the show and you'll understand. It's an absolute compliment. Are you a little bit indecisive? Much, much like telling you that you were good at dad jokes. Um, it, yeah, being called stoner cheaty is if, actually pretty. Great. If it's not a compliment, a we're not going to say it out loud. Oops. Duh. <laughs> what did you say, Bubs? Did oh, you, are you indecisive? What did you ask me? Indecisive. <laughs> that you was dick. like perfect answer. <laughs> are you indecisive? Oh, that, Maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Proof um, is in the pudding. Where we will be talking about the next three episodes of the show. Um, I can't remember who the fuck we're talking with. Uh, I don't know if I'm here. I don't know who's here. No, it's you guys in in Capital Chick. I thought. Oh, good. Okay, so CC will be joining us uh, the next one. Thanks for remembering the schedule. Um, stay tuned for the continuing saga of Shaheen's cat, unless we ended up putting this that at the beginning of the show, in which case you've already heard it, hopefully. Um, anything else, guys? Um, yeah, goodbye. Take it easy, guys. So tell us about this cat. Where did you meet? What's what's she like? <laughs> Does it love at first sight? Yeah, so there's this ca- um, coffee shop in Pittsburgh called uh, Colony Cafe, and upstairs they have a bunch of cats that you can you can book time to spend time with them, or you can adopt them. So wait, did yeah. you like get to know them and then pick one? Like after well, you get to did spend she, time there. Did she and pick then... you? Yeah, who picked who? Because it's important to Dude, have the cat. Pick I don't you. know. <laughs> What was the moment where you're like, I'm going to take this cat home? Like, was was it the little face? It just... Like, did you go up and grab the cat? Well, it was me and my friend Nora, and we were just, you know, sitting around and playing with the different cats, and this one was just a little baby, because it's six months old. There's, like, all sorts of cats. There's, like, one that's, like, 13 years old and, like, bullies everyone around. (laughs) Not um, bad. You know, so, yeah, there was, like, this queen... 
with like a little flower on her head, like she was also like 13 years old or something. And then there's this little baby cat, a couple of little ones. You know, there's a couple kittens, yeah. <laughs> baby cats. <laughs> and... I don't mean to like, you know, race you too fast through cat knowledge, but baby cats. Are <laughs> oh my god, did you guys see the picture of the kitten on Reddit anyway. that was like lit by the sunlight? Because I stared at no. it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> it was so cute. Yeah. Sorry. Tell us. Wait. So and where so does the cat she was... sleep? Wait. 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 Back up the train. I need to know like more setting details. Like I need to. I like. I need to. I need to feel like I'm there. Joe did you needs guys the expressly? Plot of this cat born. I do. I do. I need the setup. <laughs> I need the build up. Yeah. Um. I need the slow burn of yes. this cat. Of this cat meeting. So did oh, you God. like? Did you go out that day with the intention of going to a cat cafe? Did you wind up there? Were you at the cafe and then you found out that they had cats upstairs? Like why? What? No, we went with the intention of going to a cat cafe. Okay. Um, okay. Is your friend a crazy cat lady? Yeah. Well, awesome. I, how many cats? I mean, have? I'm actually like right now. I'm taking care of her cat. Um, no. She's out of town. Um, yeah, so and her cat loves me too. Aww. Um, that's kind of how I got into it, cause like I was taking care of her cats. You're um, like, this is nice. Yeah. So. So so you go into the cat cafe. When you sat down, did the cat come to you, or did you like try to play with the cat? Um, well, they're kind of roaming around, and then we you know we try to like stroke them or whatever, see how they react. And this one was super mm-hmm. cuddly, so she was like, "Yeah, keep it going." Um, <laughs> Did she climb all over you? Yeah. Was she feisty? I don't know. Does she have a cute meow? Well, I also had a laser. Like? I had a laser pointer, and uh, I was just like running it on the on the floor and these cats are running around trying to catch it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she was playing with it too, but but when they were like, if if two of them were both coming at it from different directions, mm-hmm. um, then they would like start fighting each other. Um, <laughs> so there was a moment when she was like, she had to defend herself because like this cat was coming at her to catch, catch the laser. So yeah, so she can, she can defend mm-hmm. herself. She can hold her own. That's, That's great. Good. Yeah. So you so, fallen in love with this cat. What's what's her what's her given name? Well, they call it Earthshine. <laughs> at the, what's Earthshine? Is she a Care Bear? What the fuck? Earthshine. I don't know. Is this is this place? If if by a cafe, is it is it a head shop downstairs? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, the are they selling is, like crystals all, and patchouli and? I think these are names they had before they. Uh, before the cafe got them, so Earth like shine. some some crazy cat lady had them, and there was like a sunshine, and then there was Earthshine. So they're Care Bears. Are those Care Bears? Yeah. <laughs> um, what? I don't know, but they sound like Care Bears. Where does she um, sleep? Does she like the other cat that your cat's sitting? What color is her collar? No, I don't think Shaheen has the. Didn't cat. you see the pictures? I yes, thought that you left the cat at the cafe. Yeah, I have. I don't have her yet. Um, oh. I'm gonna get her next week sometime. Oh, um, I did not realize that. But uh, um, also, that other cat that I'm cat sitting is not here. I, I go over to oh, take okay. care of her. Okay, I see. Um, and One time, my friend was cat yeah, sitting I mean, and the, the cat died. Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should well, have caught this story. That. 
problem. Um, it was the cat, sick. Was the cat old? No, okay. it had okay. like, um, no, nah, I'm not going to tell you guys. <laughs> um, your cat died when your friend was sitting? Uh, no, no, it was another, the person was on their honeymoon, so she didn't tell oh, her God. until she got back. She's like, I don't want to ruin her honeymoon. There's nothing I can do now. Um, but I think it, so, okay, I'll tell you. It, I think it had a that, urinary wait, tract infection. And there was like a urinary blockage that that's how they died. So it wasn't like anything she could have done. How did the girl take it not being told until after she got back from her honeymoon? I think she under, I think she understood. Like her and her fiance understood. Like the cat was going to be dead no matter when she was told, you know? That's fair. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's start this podcast. <laughs> well, th- so this is the hundred. I'm on the, topic. The last thing about my cat. Did you uh, did you look up the name I sent you? I did. What do you uh, name her? Plato's ideal of love. It was like that. Uh, it's like Platonic. the gayest it's, thing that, that, that you've ever done. <laughs> so you guys are soulmates. Diotima um, is the name of this old sage lady that Socrates talks about in the symposium. So the the symposium is all about love, right? So the whole dialogue is about friendship and love. Mm -hmm. Uh, And everyone stands up and, you know, makes up a bunch of crap about love. All these drunk old Greek guys. And um, at some point, this this boy uh, Alcibiades shows up. I'm not going to go into all the details of his relationship with Socrates. Ooh, but, uh, juicy. Was it... So we just assumed that it was sexual, yes? But uh, Socrates <laughs> talks about love. <laughs> and uh, and he he starts citing this this sage, this lady sage called Diati- Diatima. Um, and that's where the idea of platonic love comes from. Hmm. Um, so, yeah... And, you know, we can call her Dio, for sure. God damn it, Shaheen. Like, the cutest cat story in it, like, that could possibly happen. <laughs> I mean, in Spanish, Dio means give. So that's cute. Means give? Yeah, you're giving... Give, yeah. To give? Yeah. Uh-huh. Giving, giving a cat... Giving a cat a home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she gives love back. Yeah. It's real nice. All right, now can we do this? All right. All right.